Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Y'all a brew heads? Yeah, we brew heads. So pour a glass of craft beer. We can do this. What's good, y'all? This is C Certified Brewhead. Welcome to episode 118 of Beer Nothish, the podcast adjunct series. We're in the building. First interview of 2023 tonight, guys. So that is going to be fun. Uh, we had a bunch of episodes this year where we talked about kind of the future, the past, and the present of craft beer in Canada and Ontario, I guess, and beyond. And uh, now we're getting balls deep, as uh, that is a nice segue into the sponsor here. Um, into the interview side of things. So, of course, as always, the episode tonight is brought to you by our good friends at Manscaped. And this is a brand new product we have tonight, guys. Roses are red, violets are blue. Our friends at Manscaped have a gift for you. I can't believe they made me say that. Manscaped is now selling beard products, which is very convenient for all the bearded craft beer fans or the craft beer fans with partners or people in their lives with beards. That's right. The leaders in grooming are revolutionizing the men's hygiene game once again with the new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. It all starts with the Beard Hedger. This cordless trimmer has a rotary reel with 20 hair cutting lengths, all with one guard. Damn. So no more messy drawers full of extra add-ons. With this kit, it's never been easier to sculpt your precise look at any length. So make sure you're looking extra lovely this Valentine's Day by using the Beard Hedger. I'm getting it out. I actually haven't looked at it yet. Um, and even better, save 20% and free shipping at manscaped.com with the code BAOS. So, I obviously, you know, I had a beard for the last time. Um, being through many, many beard trimmers, um, I feel like they always let me down. But not Manscaped because the shit is fire. Look at this. Just brand new, fresh. Oh, that's cool. It looks like the, uh, the bulk trimmer thing. That's fire. Uh, the Beard Hedger Pro Kit is the ultimate tool to get the perfect V-Day look. Seven million men already trust Manscaped with their balls, so it's time to trust their hair up top with them too. With this new kit, take your grooming routine to the next level, and it all starts with the Beard Hedger. This electric beard hair trimmer is a premium beard sculpting machine. I wonder if it's charged yet. Oh, it is. Oh, shit. Sick. Okay. I got to play with it. Uh, Manscaped and Valentine's Day are the per- oh hang on no I skipped the part along with having uh, only one guard which is this big boy right here leaving little mess it's also waterproof you can shave in the shower to avoid all that hair in the sink or bathroom floor interesting plus a titanium coated tea blade is tough on hair but smooth on your face uh, leading to single stroke efficiency Manscaped and Valentine's Day are the perfect pair and the new beard beard hedger pro kit does not end there they have created four dermatologist-tested formulations for your post-trim hygiene, which is pretty sick. So, I love all this type of stuff, man. They got a beard shampoo and conditioner. Well, that is that bad boy right there. Oh, that's the shampoo. Oh, the conditioner's like this. Okay. Sorry, guys. I should have got this out before. The beard conditioner. I should actually show you the box because uh, the box is like the, the super nice packaging where they like got all the instructions and everything. Super cool. Um, you need to remember all your hair is different. Beard hair is more coarse and easy to damage than the hair on your head. That's why the kit has made shampoo and conditioner specially designed to moisturize, reduce ingrown hairs, replace natural oils, and promote beard health, which is sick. Uh, next, the kit has Manscaped beard oil. And this is something I haven't used beard oil in a little bit because I ran out and I've actually been looking for some. So this is exciting. Um, where are we at? No one wants a guy whose beard is brittle and dry. The oil relieves dryness both on the beard and the skin beneath while adding a little shimmer and shine, making him look extra fine. I like that. Cap off the kit with the beard balm, which would be this stuff. Oh, beard balm is cool. I've been using this. I've used this in the past too. It's pretty fire. Okay. There we go. Look at that. Yeah. Is it sideways? Yeah, that's the one. 
Uh, a pomade that shapes, styles, moisturizes, and tames for a sculpted look. The Beard Hedger Pro Kit also comes with three free gifts, a beard brush, which is this thing right here, which is pretty cool, um, a comb and scissors to ensure you have all the tools for a perfect beard. Fucking hell, I should have got this open earlier. You know what? This is how raw it is. Oh, cool. I didn't know this worked on beard like that. It looks like a shoe brush. Sick. Um, from first impression to last, you're going to love it. Everyone who sees your improved facial hair game will love it too. No one likes a weird beard, so say goodbye to all your stubble trouble and tame your mane this Valentine's. So, guys, once again, get 20% off and free shipping using the code BAOS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off for free shipping at manscaped.com. The code is BAOS right here. Now, spice up V-Day this year with Manscaped Beard Hedger, one stroke, one guard, 20 links. So, with that, time for the pod. So, guys, this is a uh, this is going to be a fun one. We have talked about getting these gentlemen on the pod in the past, and it just never worked out because I guess it was always uh, – I was never in the area. Um, this was pre – all of our uh, virtual stuff. So now, obviously, the world is our oyster. Um, so, guys, please welcome all the way from St. Jacobs, Ontario. Hang on, where's the button? There it is. Um, we have, hang on, there it is. Kevin and Graham from Block 3, and of course, Nathan from Nathan Does Beer in the building. Hang on, guys, wait, wait, wait. There it is. That's what I was waiting for. <laughs> I didn't prepare myself. Uh, welcome, everybody. Good to see you guys. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, Welcome, having fellas. Us. It is a pleasure. Um, like I said, long time coming. I swear we spoke in, must have been like, I don't know, 2017-ish or something, maybe? Like, it was a while ago about doing it. Um, and it was, you know, when we were only traveling around, it was more just if we found ourselves in that area, then we'd set it up. But uh, you know what? Universe brought us together eventually. Here we are. Let's go. Here we are. Stoked. Um, so boys, yes, welcome. Excited to learn everything about the brewery. So shall we get started with the first beverage? I think that would Let's be do nice. it. Alrighty. Let's go Talk for it. Us. What are we kicking off with this evening? We are starting with the uh, King Street Saison. Ooh, there she is. Look at that. Yeah, we are. There we go. Yes. Lovely. Nice. I already poured mine. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, <okay>. sorry. <laughs> You're getting ahead of us. I understand. I respect I it. I was thirsty. <laughs> hey, man. You got to do what you got to do. So this, uh, I was asking you guys just off camera, this one would be the closest beer, I guess, considered to be your flagship? Yeah, I mean, it's the one we brewed the longest. So like when we first opened back in 2013, um, this is what we we opened with uh, with this, the say. So uh, it's been around since the start. Uh, now, since then, we've also added a few others, which we can talk about later. But it, like in the kind of a core group, but uh, but the King Street's always been there. So very cool. I was checking my Untapped, and looks like I had it last in like 2015. Has the beer changed much since then? <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, yes. the beer's gone through a ton, ton of different iterations. Uh, I mean it. Not only in packaging and labeling, but also in like kind of recipe as well. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I, I can, I'll probably let Kevin talk a little bit more about some of the changes in there, but. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely. The recipe's changed a little bit. Um, it got a little bit more simplified and, in a sense, a little bit more um, 
true to style. It was just, I, I think when it was first designed, it was made as like an approachable kind of everyday drinker. And then for a while we were just like, why aren't we making this more like the Belgian style beers that we love um, and the saisons that like inspire us. So we kind of moved uh, a little bit towards that. It's still very balanced and very approachable, but um, it kind of more reflects the, the, the low ABV, you know, somewhat bitter saisons that uh, we enjoy drinking a lot. Love it. Fantastic. Well, boys, cheers. Welcome. Get that in you. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. Good to have you here. That's smooth. I don't really have um, Belgian beers too much uh, these days myself. So it's always like, I know I've found myself sort of more curious about it more lately. Um, Trying to sort of uh, just delve back into some things that maybe I drank a lot more back in the day. So this is a super interesting one. The being that it's four point six, um, is that around the standard range for that, or is this this in like my immediate sort of reaction to this is like this is on the lighter side of the scale of of the belt of this kind of style, or am I off there and this is basically what most things are? I'd say like historically, this would probably be more accurate to what you would have drank. Um, just because you know the the history of like having a of farmhouse beer that you would drink while you're while you're working and that kind of thing, right? Um, they weren't crushing eight nine percent heavily spiced. You know, saison became kind of a catch all <laughs> for a lot of breweries, yeah. right? And it just kind yeah. of became like a throw Belgian yeast at it and whatever crazy combination of of adjuncts you can come up with. And I think this is more true to historically what you would you would have had. Um, no, that's not to say yeah, that it's, it's exactly like that, but it you know we were inspired by things like Dupont, um, Terrace Bulba, stuff like that. Yeah, that so if you sense. look at those two, like Dupont's probably on the higher end, and Terrace Bulba would be kind of in that in this four and a half percent range as mm-hmm. well. So, okay, and it's marketed as a Belgian blonde. So I, I didn't, to be honest, I saw Belgian blonde on the can and didn't put two and two together. I didn't see the saison underneath it. Is there a <laughs> Which is just you know me being lazy, but is the is there a because I thought excuse once again I, I'm relearning the Belgian stuff a Belgian blonde and a saison are they always a synonym or can they be different beers because I'm thinking a Belgian blonde is basically like a lager with Belgian yeast or a blonde ale with Belgian yeast. Yeah, t- so to be honest, like the the Belgian. Uh, we get a lot of, like to, like tourists through uh, through the brewery, so um, instead of constantly explaining what a saison is, it's we we put the blonde on there to kind of it's you know Make word recognition. Easy. They see blonde and they it's like oh okay I, I know that word yeah. right and uh, whereas like saison can be they're like oh saison what's that it's that like it's kinda, if you're not you're not a craft beer fan or you don't know like it can kind of scary and intimidating. So you might not pick up the beer, and and uh, to be honest, like we did notice, like uh, once we changed it to to put the Belgian blonde on there, we did notice like a kind of uptick in the Ooh. in the in the beer actually. So that's fascinating. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess that makes sense because it is extremely approachable. And just to talk about the beer itself, maybe I'd like to get, I'd like to hear a bit more about it. So I mean, like the nose is really bright, super mm-hmm. fruity. Um. And it's it's great. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. Talk talk us through the beer, man. Like in detail. Like I want to so, hear so, that. Yeah, just recipe wise, it's um, it's basically just pilsner malt and uh, some wheat, 
and uh, we use escarpment, uh, old world saison yeast. Mm -hmm. uh, we use all escarpment yeast because you know they're local, twenty five minutes away from us. Yeah. Um, and then um, pretty simple hopping rate. It's just uh, we use nugget for bittering and then uh, saws for aroma hops, and it does have like a pretty decent aroma charge. Yeah. Um, Sure and this 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 can be a two week beer fermentation wise if I want it to be we ferment it somewhat hot but um, usually we like to give it you know three or four um, in the summer sometimes that's hard but yeah yeah just give it a little time for the flavors to kind of meld together and yeah it's very okay. very very approachable yeah I find some breweries will uh, make a beer and it comes out a little phenolic. And then they just were like, "Oh, that's our Belgian beer," um, which is one of those things that I hate. I don't, I don't <laughs> like taking those kind of shortcuts. So, yeah. like, while this is phenolic in the sense that it has, you know, phenols, it's not phenolic in the sense that it smells like band aids or burnt rubber. So, right, right, yeah. <laughs> and I, th I like I'm, also. Yo, go, on, go. On. Sorry, Gary. Yeah, I was gonna say it's also something that you know, like someone who, and I, the other thing with Belgian blonde, so a lot of people would. You know, you'll come in and say, "Hey, what like Stella, right?" So, like, that's their they, that's what they know as Belgian, and uh, so you know, point. like, this has obviously got a lot more flavor than that, but it's also it's not going to be something that's like they're totally thrown off by if they have it. Yeah, I can see that. Um, okay, that's. That's fascinating, um, and I'm glad you brought up phenol because that was always my problem, man. Like, um, with the Belgian that kind of turned me off it over the years. I feel like in the beginning, I was anything Belgian, I was like all over it. Like when I first started drinking, it was about 2011 when drinking craft beer proactively and searching it out. And the Belgians were the were the most interesting beers, I think, by far available for the most part of the time. Everything about there were so many different styles, and every they all tasted sort of different. And then eventually, it was. I guess the local versions of them, I found them phenolic in the set and correct me if I'm using the thing wrong, but like the estuary banana and bubble gum. And it was like so present and just dominated the beer to the point where it's like it overwhelmed it. And that's what the flavor was. I'm like, this is not interesting to me where something like this, it's soft. It's like, it's sort of delicate and complex. Like obviously this is a recipe like you just said, Graham, you've been doing for, since you opened 10 years ago, coming up on I imagine then. And that's something that you've been able to tweak and, and work with over the years to create this sort of really approachable beer. And this is like, this is really damn good. Like I'm super impressed. Um, Thank you. And like I said, I hadn't had it for a number of years, but I think when I first saw it, I would have been excited to get it. And then these days, it's, I feel like Belgian beers at maybe the mid 20 teens were like still popping and people were still going hard until Haze kind of kicked in around 2017, 20, yeah, 2016, 2017. And that kind of wiped everything off, <laughs> off anyone's radar. So I just think this is like, this is a great example of the style. This is fantastic. It's a super approachable. I can see why that this would be uh, the flagship. It's great stuff, guys. Yeah, I would this actually just one, like we don't generally enter uh, like beer comps, but uh, we entered the Canada Beer Cup with this and they won a gold medal uh, a couple yeah. months ago, so yeah. Congrats! I remember when uh, when when they were starting the brewery because um, I, I wasn't working there since day one. But um, I remember hearing like you're going to start with a four and a half percent alcohol saison. Like that's a horrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
And <laughs> I guess why did that's actually a really good question. Like, why did you guys keep this beer on as essentially the premier yeah. beer of the brewery? So when we started, we wanted to do something that was a, like a little bit different. When we were noticing, like, uh, you know, every brewery would start off, they'd have their their blonde, their dark, and then their uh, their amber <laughs> pale ale, their amber and pale ale, right? So you'd have those four beers, and it's like none of them or a lot of them weren't done well. And so we're like, hey, let's, let's pick a style that people aren't doing that's still approachable. Um, and so we kind of played around with some things and like we, we landed on a Saison and uh, the other one we started with was a, a maple brown. Interesting. Uh, yeah, well, we're, we're, we're kind of, there's like the Elmira maple syrup vessel, mm. which is... Um, like the world's, it's like a hundred thousand people come out for this maple syrup festival. It's hard to explain unless you live in KW region, but yeah. it's a it's a whole thing. The maple yeah. syrup festival. Yeah, yeah. When is that? So, yeah, that's usually in the spring. So uh, that would make sense. Yeah, we only do we only do that that maple the sugar or the, it's called sugar bush. We only do that uh, once a year now. So okay, <laughs> uh, I feel like first of all, brown ales are underrated and. Nate and I have had a few of those on the pod in the last maybe six months. And like, I really like brown ales again, like, like genuinely like stoked to see a brown ale now, which is. As long as you don't tell me you like black IPAs, then we're fine. Then. Not too much. <laughs> we're good. We're good. Not too much. Black IPAs can ah, hit or miss, huh? Um, no, they're, all, they're a mess. They're always a mess. They're <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of two. I can think of a couple that was solid, but yeah, I feel you. I feel you. Then you know, I'm it's just a style that doesn't know what it wants, right? It's like you're roasty, and then you got fruity. It's like what, what's going on here? Like, like this is just stop. It's too much. I respect. Fifteen minutes in, it's hot takes. Yeah, look at that, guys. Yeah, <laughs> straight to it. Big guns. I am excited. I'm not too far away from KW now, um, in Hamilton. So I'm. Uh, I'm used to in Quebec. We I was there for ten years, and like obviously they freaking love the maple shit like there's always the cabana soup and all that oh, stuff yeah. um mm. so i'm excited about any maple related thing so i'm gonna look that up what's the festival called is it called sugar bush it's called the the, no. the elmira maple spirit festival what's the first one uh, elmira elmira all right maple syrup festival right. oh actually i won't type because the computer will fuck it up but okay I think it's in i think it's in, it's in april usually april? the first weekend of april okay i'm excited i'm here for it love it Okay, dope, boys. That means you're going to brew that beer, Kevin. Yeah, it's going to be done, Kevin. Yeah. Uh, I always yeah, forget. Uh, Every year I forget to put it in the schedule. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, a couple more thoughts on the, uh, the like on King Street here uh, like before we move on, because you're mentioning that it's 4.6%. And um, like as I'm drinking it, it's uh, like it, it – even though it's 4.6, it has the body as if it had 6.5. Like the I like I find the, like the wheat bill is like is super grainy and the uh, like and I mean that and I mean that in a good way and then of course all of the um, like, like kind of the estery flavors may uh, like combine with that uh, heavy uh, like wheat bill do make for a pretty uh, like do make for a pretty bold. Um, flavor profile so it, it I find anyways that you see like you certainly don't even drink this thinking that it's a like that it's a sub five percent beer which I, like which i quite like that's that's a that's an interesting take because this beer does finish at like 
under 0.5 Play-Doh. Like it is super dry. There is no sugar left over. It's that diastatic hits yeast, but you just you build in the flavors and the yeast profile you want, and it can uh, uh, present a little bigger than it is. You know, mm-hmm. exactly. That's fine. Yeah, man, it's it's a very impressive beer. Um, it's pretty cool. I almost feel like like you were saying, Kevin, that like you were like, why the hell are you, you know, kicking off the brewery with a four point six percent Belgian saison? Like, I feel like it's equally as bold. I feel like then it got to a period where it wasn't weird. And I feel like in, in these last few years, you could argue that it is kind of ballsy to have this beer continue to be a uh, a flagship and for it to continue to sell kind of like says it all. I like it. Mm-hmm. I respect it. Hearful. Yeah, and it, and it does sell and it does do great. Um, it's Yeah, just in, in 2013 when the brewery started, it was like, nobody's making this. <laughs> Particularly in Ontario. Well, Ostel's yeah, absolutely not Ostel's had their. They started with the saison as well, but in like a seven fifty cork and cage bottle. Yeah, that's true. And they that wouldn't have been twenty thirteen though. They haven't been around that long, have they? Uh, I think they were. They were like either just before us or right after us. Really interesting. Okay, yeah. but yeah, they they. I guess true. I mean, they the whole thing is in a barn, so it kind of like the. You know, it's, it's it makes sort of sense, and I guess I guess for Ontario though, I mean, you can think of one other brewery that's doing it. When I went, I moved yeah. to Quebec in 2012, and it was everywhere. Oh, Quebec. Like it was Quebec yeah, was Quebec's out of control, of it, right? Yeah, I mean the one that the <clears throat> Le Tracteur and um, uh, 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 Trudeau Diable, yeah, Tracteur, yeah, Trudeau, I mean, yeah, yeah, who got cancelled, I guess, because they sold and people got upset, which I get it. Oh yeah, they were devastated. I've never seen anything like it. Devastated. To the point where um, Dunham did the festival, Food Uni, that was supposed oh, to be. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was called Food Uni, like F U, like fuck you, on the same day that their festival was, to sort of like, to, that was 2018. Oh, yeah, it was kind of. We were oh, supposed that's to, amazing. Yeah, it was pretty We were supposed pretty, to go to Food Uni uh, 2020, but. Uh, yeah, they didn't, didn't have it. No. It was easily the best BFS I've ever been to. Like, yeah. there's n- nothing that's come close, unfortunately. So it is a shame. If they do to pull it again, I'm uh, definitely going back for that. This shit was crazy. And those guys are awesome. Like, we went down and did a collab with them, actually. They're, nice. I think they've done one with us as well. They're, uh, they're good guys. I like that. <laughs> yeah, the good dude. Elwa's was a good dude, and everyone I met from there has been super cool. The, I love seeing that, though. The Ontario Quebec yeah, collabs. Patrice, always, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, great, great cats and stuff is great. And it makes complete sense based on what you guys do and what they sort of do as well that uh, that you would connect on this. Um, I do like seeing the Quebec-Ontario collabs. I feel like they, they may be getting more um, common now, but I feel typically they were you know, kind of few and far between. And it never really made sense to me why people weren't like collaborating as much. So that's dope. Mm-hmm. Well, I think in uh, like, I, I think from 2020 on, like more mm-hmm. virtual collabs be, uh, like became a much more common thing, and uh, like and that it kind of became the thing of wait, anyone can collab with anyone, you know. So <laughs> I think that like that's when you really started to see the explosion of interprovincial collabs and uh, like and even cross border collabs and uh, like and all this when uh, like when you're kind of changing the rules of like a collab is uh, you know folks coming into the brew house to actually brew it on site together yeah yeah the virtual is just not we uh, virtual is not as fun i don't think we did really did too many virtual actually kevin did have you did one or a few but no, nothing yeah not nothing crazy i mean like part of the fun really, is just hanging really, with your buddies and and seeing how you like do this and how i do that mm-hmm. and and 
you know, um, it, yeah, clouds are interesting in a sense that it doesn't actually take more than one person to make a batch of beer, but it's like, I don't know, just hang out here for it and we'll, we'll chat and see, uh, see what comes out of it and just kicking the tires and, and kind of brainstorming with each other. Right. Yeah. No, I love it. It's a great totally. it's good, uh, mind share or whatever it's called when you, you know, just sharing that information and building the community, which is something that is very unique to beer. Like uh, competitors mm-hmm. typically don't hang out at each other and promote each other and like work together. It's, it's very weird in a good way. So it's, uh, it's, it's super dope. So I want to get into uh, the beer history because I, I, I don't know a lot about like the early stuff from you guys. So how did you guys both individually get into craft beer and then how did the brewery come about? Yeah, I guess I'll, I can start. Um, so I got into, into beer back in like 2004, 2005. Uh, I was out, out at school in uh, Nova Scotia and um, – I think the first one I saw was uh, the apricot wheat from McCausland's. That was kind of my, which is it's a great one. The kind of the gateway there, and then you know we at the liquor store you get uh, Propeller, you get Garrison's, uh, Pump House, um, McCausland's. Uh, that was, to be honest, that was about it. And then you know we were my buddies and I, or my roommate and I, were kind of go back and forth and try those things. And then we, when I came back in the, in the summers, I, uh, uh, that's all I would, that's what I would, I would go to the LCBO or beer store and try to find anything that wasn't, uh, Molson or, or, uh, Labatt's at that point. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it just kind of started from there and, and, now it's spiraled out of control. <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> then to, to carry that on, Kevin, how did you get into beer? And then then let's go into like how the brewery kind of came about. Yeah. Okay. Um, I I remember being in college, like um, I went to college in Hamilton, and just like when we had when we didn't have money by Lakeport, um, and when we did have money, we buy like Steam Whistle or Mill Street, all right? So like we were aware of it. It was just um, a financial factor. And then I graduated college. I went to school for music. So I got to do a little bit of traveling, touring with bands, um, trying stuff, different local stuff. I worked on a cruise ship. And then when I got back from that, um, my wife bought me a homebrew kit. And I basically was like, I don't know if I'm going to get a day job. Might as well be at a beer factory. Like I didn't really know anything <laughs> about brewing, and then that uh, that was ten years or oh geez, twelve years ago now. Nice. So that's uh, that's just been a thing. I kind of just fell into it, and then you know did brewing school and did all that stuff, and met these guys, and here we are. All righty, I love it. Beer Factory is a great. Uh, that could be a good episode name. I'm gonna note that one down. Um, and then how did the brewery come about like where did that so that's so what i'm gathering from this which i didn't know before so graham you are a co-founder uh i imagine then and kevin you're the head brewer that's that's the sitch yep. correct correct okay yep. um t- talk us through graham had the brewery come about man yeah so it's uh like you know a couple of my uh but so i was working i'm an accountant by trade i guess so working at a accounting firm, a couple of buddies there, we'd get together and 
like always bring different beers uh, to try. And we'd kind of like, after you have a few, it always gets like, oh man, we should do this instead of accounting. It'd be way sweeter. <laughs> and uh, it's true. <clears throat> it is true. Yeah. Um, so it just happens that one of the guys there um, is the cousin's like best friend was a brewer at Wellington. So you're like, oh, like bring him out one time and, you know, you can bring some beers and why. So he came out, we started talking. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, I've been always been wanting to do my own thing. And so we're like, oh, sweet. Like, you know, we could kind of start brewing in the garage and see if it, you know, maybe do up a business plan. And uh, I think, you know, we did a few batches and kind of just dick dicked around on like a business plan. And, you know, um, we went, uh, like it was a month later and we kind of just reached out. We're like, Oh, like where would a good spot be in St. Jacobs? We thought like, it's kind of touristy, but it's close to KW. And so, uh, we called, the called the, the township up and they're like, Oh yeah, we've got a, like, they, they hooked us up with the, uh, the landlord and we're like, and they're like, yeah, here, here's a good spot. And then we're like, Oh Jesus. Okay. <laughs> this, are, are we actually doing this? And then, uh, so, so we, uh, pulled the trigger and then, uh, I guess the, the, the rest is history. So. And that was 2013? 2013. Yeah. So I think we went from business plan to open in like less than six months. Damn. That's pretty fast. Whoa. That's really <laughs> <Yeah>. fast. <laughs> I guess there was no delays with construction or equipment, any of the usual things that brewers kind of get hit with. Uh, I mean, we did have, like, I mean, we were, we did have some, like, we were, we were hoping to be open in four, but uh, yeah, we, and there's always delays <laughs> with that kind of stuff. But uh, of yeah, but we, we did all the construction, all of ourselves, all of it ourselves. So, uh, I, I mean, a lot of it will go to, was, was Brian, like he kind of, he, original brewer and he's one of the founders as well but he was um and that's and that's kind of how we met kevin uh too uh, he was working at wellington and so he was the he was the the buddy and he came over and quit his job there and uh he happened to know a lot about construction as well so he did did a lot of work inside and uh and brewed for the first what three three years Kevin? it was like two, yeah two and a half he kind of kept asking me to come work like so me yeah me and Brian worked together for a couple of years at Wellington and then he kept um asking me to come over and the timing never worked I was either doing brewing school or like I just got a raise or something and I felt bad and um finally finally ended up wooing me over and I think that was that was March of 2016 so uh yeah, two yeah. and a half years in yeah right but you were sort of somewhat involved from the beginning as far as like even if it's not yeah, like a yeah, we we'd known each other for for quite a long time, and like I I remember going to the building and seeing just like this shell with all these like trench drains dug out that weren't even filled back filled in yet, and I didn't know that like Graham himself had actually dug those out and and shoveled all the cement outside and stuff. Wow, it sucked. <laughs> Construction is not <laughs> fun. I don't know why people do that shit. No. Okay, that's dope. I mean, twenty thirteen was an interesting time to open a brewery in. Ontario or anywhere. I'm just trying to think back on what was really happening then. Like, what was the, what was the landscape like? like? I, I so I mean I think 
like if like in our area we were you know if you're we were probably besides like grand river was around fnm was around or sorry stonehammer uh welly was around uh you if you want to include waterloo they were around uh but then that was pretty much it in in you know from us to toronto and towards london right like fork river just opened up right before us um but i mean actually you I think even Bellwood take it was, down to it was like six months older yeah they were april 2012. Yeah, so like there was probably when we opened maybe like 60 60 breweries not even damn what is it now, now 250 yeah. damn um and like um like bone shaker would have been super hot mad tom yeah yep um yeah i'm just trying i'm trying to think uh um flying monkeys would have been super hot yeah yeah beyond the pale pale had just opened i remember that like i remember right my brother brother and sister law live in ottawa they opened like a couple weeks before us or so we were down there visiting stopped in that's when they were in that uh like brewing on a hilarious kettle (laughs) yeah the tiny spot i heard about that one Yeah. yeah Yeah, the yeah the the tiny spot that was the, like that was just basically that one bench counter with the, the, like with two stools yeah. in front of it. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I remember. I, I remember back in like back in 2013 or 14. My uh, like my best friend lived in uh, lived in Kitchener at the time, and I uh, like and I had come down to um, to visit him and. It was around the time that he and I had kind of just started becoming aware of like local breweries and whatnot, and he uh, like and he had told me that you know like like there's this bre- like there's this brewery in town called uh, like called Block Three, and uh, that, like so we we would have come by to visit in 2013 or 2014, and I think we got like I think what we took home was probably a growler of King Street at the time. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, I mean, for the first like three years, we did a. There was a lot of growlers that kind of moved in mm-hmm. in and out of that place. Um, I figure, I think I I did the math one time. I think it's like over. Yeah, I think we've got over like ten thousand growlers out in the wild. Jesus! Wow. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. That's a lot of branding, right there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were like for for that time, right? Like they're yeah, they were great and. You know, you're, you're as a customer, you're paying for the packaging once, and you know you can. But I think that still they're still a. Like I still don't mind them if you're if people drink them fresh, but I you know that doesn't happen. You know, yeah, I, I would buy I would by far buy four cans instead of one growler. Hundred percent. Yeah. No oh yeah. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, me too. And that's yeah. actually one of my one of my pet peeves is when you go into a place and it's like. The uh, the the growlers priced more than the four equivalent cans. And you're like, dude, come on, come on, man. Think about it. <laughs> I feel like like growler people are like growler people. Like yeah. the uh, I have a friend in Vancouver, like a British dude, and he's a growler guy. Like he'll go out and he'll just yeah. be getting growlers from from places and stuff. And I always just I don't know. I kind of find it hilarious. Like, like, just, like he's still like he's still a growler guy in January 2023. I'll double check on that. But last I spoke to him, he would go to breweries. He's like in that East Van district where there's like a trillion breweries and there's a really small sort of mm-hmm. space. 
So I think it's not a big deal for him to just pop out and like fill it up type of thing or fill a few of them up. Um, he was the last person I could think of to do it. So I always just kind of, I just, and it's kind of like cute, I guess, or funny. Like it's like, oh, you and your Corrales. But if he's drinking it, if he's drinking it fresh, like that's not, not a bad thing. Like, right. Like they're not bad. I I remember, I remember when, when Barncat first opened, they were telling me that, um, that they only did growlers, right? There was no, there was no cans. There was no bottles to go. So it was only growlers. So people would come in and they would buy a growler and then they would pour it into like a, a Dasani bottle or whatever, like a water bottle, and then mail that to their buddy in Sudbury or whatever. <laughs> like that, that's horrible. <laughs> oh, that's awful. That's yeah, awful. That's There's no way that tasted good. Like No, no chance. I remember that's why I never got to try any of their stuff forever because they only do growlers. And like, I mean, you can ship them. I think they used to get a friend ship you growlers, right? From them. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. There, there were, yeah. Um, at Bad Chatter was my uh, was my hookup, um, and uh, it, like there was a couple of times that he actually shipped me uh, shipped me growlers. That guy was wild. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's wild. Uh, yeah. That is a lot. Growl. So that's a good friend. That's a good friend right there. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. Chad's a good dude. <laughs> that's what you're gonna need. And uh, on the flip side of growlers, let's crack open a can. When, uh, yeah, let's do right. it. Oh, way, way ahead of us. I'd love to see it. I just, I just poured it, baby. Look how quick I am. <laughs> Look at that. Graham is just dictating the show. I love this. That's what I want to see. So, Hellas Lager. Um, so, arguably, would it be fair to say that if you were to describe uh, what Block 3 is best known for, it would be Belgian beers and uh, lagers and poses? Is that fair? Yeah, I'd probably say that right now. Okay. Yeah, yeah, for beer, for beer style, well, excuse me, beer styles for sure. We were kind of known as like the sour beer people for a little while, but that's like such a small part of our production, even when at its height. Um, it's just not a lot of people were doing like barrel aged sour stuff, so we kind of got known for being those guys. Gotcha. As opposed to that, yeah, okay. yeah. You guys were definitely doing that, like ahead of the. Uh, you know, ahead of the small pony days, um, it was yeah. one of like that. That was one of those cases of when you had like those big seven fifty mil things of like the apricot sour that was like the wicked tongue scraper, <laughs> like like super super sour. I will one hundred percent go on record saying that our first sour beers were aggressively sour. <laughs> <laughs> yep, <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, That's we didn't fun, quite though. know how to dial that back in at the time, but we got it kind of locked <laughs> in now. I like that, though. Um, I always thought of you guys as the Belgian dude, so I, I like that. That I guess everyone sort of has a, a perception of a brewery. I think it's kind of interesting that that's sort of what they... Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, for a while there we were, right? I think, I mean, and, you know, we do still brew some Belgians. Like, well, we have the King Street, obviously, and then throughout the, the winter, like the warmer months, we'll we'll do like a big, big run on Belgians, but we, uh, we, we have the Hellas. So the, the Hollinger here full time. Uh, and then we do a bunch of, we probably do more loggers actually that like, that we do Belgian, but I think that perception yep. that we are Belgian. By, by volume. Absolutely. We sell more Hellas. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's very cool though. I, I guess, like you said, it's like probably just that perception uh, of it, but, and it almost might be because the 
it's it's rarer to find a brewery that kind of does a lot of Belgian beers, so maybe it's easier to be like, well, three of the Belgian guys, even if you do four of them and then twenty five luggage, like, oh, they're the Belgian guys, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. which is which is fair. And I, I I often talk about this with our staff too. Is they're like they're like, oh, the you know the Belgian quad is moving great, and I'm like, that's because you remember like the six you poured on your shift. <laughs> you don't remember the twenty five Hellas that you poured. That's a really good point. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, I, I want to put this in my face. Boys, cheers. Get that in cheers, there. Guys. There we cheers, guys. Cheers. Delicious. Grambo, you want to talk a little bit about why we called it Hollinger? Please. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, yes, so, so with the kind of the, the idea behind this beer was uh, uh, we back, I think, what, 2018? We... 2018, 2019, we bought a building down the street uh, that had a large like outdoor patio, uh, and it was like a retail shop inside. So we, you know, we'd I've been we'd been eyeing this patio up for like two years, um, kind of like it, we looked. I kept we kept thinking it was like like a little hidden gem. Uh, so we finally uh, finally you know went went in on it, and so we renamed it the Village Beer Garden. So we kind of went after like a European style uh, outdoor beer garden, um, and then so we we're like, okay, when we when I think beer garden, I think Stein, I think Hellas, uh, and that's kind of where this this beer came from. So and I, the other the, the naming is actually the so the original family home. It's a the original family home of the Hollander family. So the house actually predates Confederation. Uh, wow! So it's yeah, it's cool, super cool old house. And then uh, so the Hollinger family is actually uh, kind of the precursor to Home Hardware, which is based out of St. Jacobs. No shit! Interesting. Oh. That's very cool. And I noticed as well, yep. the Vienna log is called the Village, which is also tied into the European style um, patio you got going on there too. I imagine. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yep. And then we're also we're in the village of St. Jacob, so gotcha. That's awesome. I love it. Dude, this is fantastic. Um yeah, this focus, is really focus through the beer. This is beautiful, man. And I know it's gonna warm up. I got mine pretty cold still, but um talk okay. to us. Talk to us yeah. Re- uh recipe wise, it's um just Pilsner malt and a little dextrin malt. Um again, nugget for bittering. We use that for most things, and then um some saws. I purposely nice. gave this a little more bittering then maybe you might find in other examples because I find that like a little bit refreshing. Mm-hmm. I thought when we made the first batch, I actually was like, I don't know, man, maybe I should like knock this back a bit, but like, I think it gives it a little bit of a bite. Mm. Um, and it just yeah, makes yeah. it like, it makes you want to have another sip of it basically. Um, and typical yeah. lager ferment, you know, start cold, rise up to your dash, it'll rest, chill it down, let it lager for, you know, three, four weeks. Um, and yeah, this is by far our best seller, I would, I would say. Um, and it's definitely a favorite amongst the staff, which is always nice to see. Oh, I can see why. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, this is, this is, yeah, I can definitely, uh, I, I, I can definitely taste it. Like, as you say, it's a little more bitter, um, than you might, like, than you might find in, uh, like in most, um, Hellas and I, I like, and I find it a touch drier, than uh, like that you typically mm-hmm. find as well a little more crisp a little more uh, like a little more uh, like refreshing like you said and that like and that bite is like is 
it's really really nice. Like this is like I'm I'm loving how like how dry it's coming off. It's still got a touch of like residual sweetness uh, like as you would expect from a Hellas, but like how it dries out on the finish there is just lovely. Right, and you you can taste all the elements. You can taste hops. You can taste the floralness. Um, you still get that like hay like kind of maltiness. Yeah, I'm 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 really happy with this beer. I'm really proud of this one. This is fantastic. So, would you say that this is is this like like while it's the biggest seller, is it kind of like the equal flagship? With yeah, Street, for sure. Or, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it, well, I mean, I, this is for us probably kind of taken over. We this is like if we're going. Um, kind of in order. This would probably be this would just be the top. King Street would probably be second. Yeah, or village. So yeah, I haven't, yeah. I haven't ran the numbers from last year, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that I look. That makes sense, though. I mean, this is like I feel like lagers have enjoyed a um, bit of a renaissance. I would say over the last I don't know what three. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I was going to mention this when we were kind of talking about the landscape back in 2013 there, right? So, I mean, there wasn't really craft lager out there. Mm-hmm. I think, I think the true. loggers were, dom- were dominated by the the big guys. And, and I mean, the, the, re- the reason for that is because, you know, as a small brewer, your biggest uh, pinch point is tank time, mm. right? So uh, an ale yeah, you can flip right. around in two weeks, whereas a lager your your six plus weeks right so yeah. you know i mean it's obviously i mean and i will preface that by saying steam was obviously did have the logger going in um but uh yeah but even bows right like both started with the Kolsch, which is a logger dale mm-hmm. that's a beer they were probably flipping in two to three weeks right so you know it's everyone was kind of in that blondale like their yes. big their big movers were the blondales right like the something that they could flip quick without having to add, uh, put the capital expenditure into more tanks to logger longer. And I think as kind of more breweries came in line, you know, you probably had, you, you probably had more room to, to experiment with. And I think people can, you know, I think I know my tastes for sure have changed, right? Like when I came mm-hmm. in, it was, uh, you know, Belgians and I still like Belgians, but it was like, and then like sours, and now I just want a nice crispy slugger. <laughs> yeah, crispies. Yeah, yeah all day. <laughs> I found. Once, once, yeah, go on, go. Oh, I was gonna say once once you have it set up, like now that we have a pipeline set up for it. Um, yeah, it's actually pretty easy to stay on top of the the fermentation and production planning of this because it's just like okay, we just have three tanks and one of them or three of them are always full of different levels of fermenting, lagering, ready to package. That's good. Um, Hellas. Um, nice. But yeah, at the beginning it was like, oh my God, what am I going to do with this tank for six weeks? Like this is going to ruin us financially. Yeah. I, I can see that. Yeah, I mean, Keep going, Greg. Sorry, dude. Yeah. I mean, it was probably also like a lot of, you know, even back in early days, like, you know, tanks came down in cost too, right? So you could get you get more tanks, you get cheaper tanks because they're coming from China versus uh, like buying direct from China instead of buying from someone who's, you know, the middleman who's bringing from China and mark, marking it as not. But uh, yeah, like there's just that <laughs> that way of of you know, I think 
as, as costs came down on, on tanks and equipment and people were able to kind of brew those beers and I think it's good, you know, it's been good for craft beer to, that that's happened. So most definitely. I remember I'm trying to think where I noticed lagers coming back. Cause same as you guys, like back in the day, it was like the European lagers or like the domestic um, big guys. So it was, I just remember never being interested in lagers and even Blondales were always kind of boring to me. So everything else was much more exciting. And then I recall at, there was, um, where did I see it? I feel like lagers got caught up with the hype stuff, I guess is my theory. So like lagers yeah. got lumped in with the breweries that were doing like all the haze and I just guess pre smoothie sours even and like the big pastries and the big stouts and stuff. They were kind of in that realm. And I think it was just because that's what the brewers wanted. And they were doing, this is even before Lucas were everywhere, like the, the three-step slow pour type of thing. I remember having that at, um, what's that sick beer bar in Brooklyn? Starts with T. Fuck. I have a blank. It's got like the little O. It's got the little O. It'll come to me. But I remember having one there. Just like T O L, like toll. That's no. That's the. That's a good one. That is a brewery from Europe who do some pretty cool, interesting stuff. Torst. Oh yeah. Torst. And they had a Suarez family lager. This must have been 2018. And they did the three-step thing. I was like, huh. I only had a lager because we been we were filming a vlog and we were going to like six different breweries and I was like beard out. I'm like, well, I have to have something to give me a lager. Like, that's chill. And I hadn't seen the three-step before. And I was like, huh, that's pretty dope. Um, and I really enjoyed it. And I remember seeing, um, why did I have an old, like, in Virginia, there's a brewery, like a hype brewery. starts with A. Fuck. Why can't I think of anything? But it, it was the first time I saw... Um, the horizontal tanks. And I was like, what the oh. hell is that about? Nice. So nice. like, I feel like those, I, I, I guess my point is that like lagers seem to have gotten their kind of like second wind within the craft beer community um, due to that for whatever, you know, whether it's the brewers just wanting it or, which I imagine it has to come from, from the brewers themselves. Um, and they got, you know, caught on to the same people who are lining up to buy haze cans and stuff. And then it kind of just, proliferated and then the other thing was when the czech government did that program where they were sending um brewers across in 20 2018 <laughs> as well do you remember that um uh, i went on that last year yeah you did How, yeah. <laughs> talk to me that's, that's sick yeah it was sick yeah <laughs> what's the deal bro break it down that's fascinating yeah so i mean the so i think they, they did that program in 2018 then obviously it stopped for two years and uh, so they ran it last year again. And I think, to be honest, it was kind of like a, I, I just saw it at the bottom of like one of these like OCB emails that like, hey, they're looking for, so I was like, oh, whatever, I'll send it in and think nothing of it. And like, I didn't mention anything to my wife or anything. And, you know, like two weeks before, they were like, oh, yeah, you've been selected to go. Like, you know, you can book a plane ticket. Here's the details. I was like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> like I've got two young kids. Like, imagine I got a, Tell her that I'm piecing out for a week to, to Czech Republic, but uh, <laughs> to get drunk. <laughs> yeah. So, what's can you explain uh, what the program is? Because I've only ever heard about this like secondhand type of thing, and I'm aware of it, and I know a lot of brewers in Ontario and Quebec went, and that's why we're seeing a proliferation of Czech beers. Yeah. So, so the first, I mean, in the first uh, first iteration to go was uh, I, I know Luke uh, Lafontaine Bim. from yeah. uh, yeah, Bim. Speed. 
uh, from Godspeed. He went on there. Um, and then Matt from Tooth and uh, Nail, I think. Went. Yeah, Matt from Tooth and Nail. I think uh, a couple of breweries from Quebec. JP from Silo went. I'm pretty sure. Um, um, Brianne from Notch or Notch at that time. Ah, uh, yes, that explains it. Um, so, um, yeah, it was. Uh, I guess I mean the idea is that they're kind of introducing uh, North American brewers to check ingredients, uh, check equipment, uh, check like different check suppliers, and and part of it makes sense, right? Like if you're gonna if I if we're gonna brew a beer, which I think we're, well we are trying a Czech Pilsner next, but uh, if you're brewing a Czech Pilsner and you're, it's just I got two thoughts on this, but so okay. you're brewing a Czech Pilsner and you're you know. You, should you 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 should be using check malt check hops uh to, to brew that right uh now i well i agree with that i also have the thought of well if it's a you know a check style pilsner you can also i think do that using local malt and local hops right and just how they would do it there but uh i i do agree with that like the both sides of it but um yeah, so it was just kind of like, you know, meeting different suppliers, meeting, going around, trying different, uh, like, Czech-style beers, um, learning their, like, brewing techniques. Uh, so, uh, learning different, like, we, we, we had a big lucre demonstration uh, as well, which is cool. Um, That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Where did you go? Like, what was the... Um where did they send you? Like, what was it like to Pilsner Raquel or like, what was it all over? So, yeah. So, I mean, we were, so we started the first day, kind of or first couple of days where we stayed in Prague and just went around to, around there. Um, so there's a, f- um, Ufleco, which is one of the breweries there. Uh, that one, the dark lager, it's only the dark yeah, lager. Uh, yeah. And like Kevin knows my, like, but this beer was unbelievable. Like, it's a Schwarz beer. Yeah, the whole facility is super cool. Uh, what and um, so you Fleco, uh, there was like a, uh, I'm drawing a blank, but like a kind of like a monastery based uh, brewery. Cool. Right, just right in Prague. Uh, and then uh, the university, the, the research university there, so they have like a, a brewing research university we stopped by and, you know, had had uh, some stuff there. And then then we started going out to, um, into to the wilderness there. And, you know, we did Pilsen, uh, so Pilsen Raquel, um, Budavis, where we went to Budvar. Nice. Uh, but, like, like the, and these facilities are unbelievable, like, you're talking the horizontal tanks that you saw in uh, in Virginia. These ones were like, uh, like whoa, massive. I, I couldn't even like two football fields long for one tank. Uh, oh my god! Oh yeah, it's like I I was trying to take a picture and send it to Gavin. This like psycho. Yeah, hundreds, hundreds <laughs> like, of thousands like, of hectoliters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Of, wow. of, That's of, insane. Of logger yeah. facility. Yeah. 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 So wow. I mean I think that was one of the like it was a, that was one of the coolest things I saw there was was that but uh, yeah I mean it's just a super super cool trip like and 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 beer is so ingrained in their culture too right so mm. you know it, it's it's hard not to come back from that I think like 
inspired and you know wanting to like bring bring that back and back to what we do here right so dude that's sick i love that that's really smart of them though to do this like to introduce people from around the world to the czech like whatever the way of doing it their ingredients their styles whatever it is because it's excuse me promoting the the i guess by you guys making the beers it's promoting tourism to the czech republic like i want to go so bad because of all of this now and you just 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 describe me i'm like get the fuck out of here and even like all the i've said the stuff with the kellers and with the, the you know the underground thing with all the barrels and shit like yeah i mean it's well actually so like i know uh bim just he so he actually just before we went on ours he was at pilsner kell and he had them the coopers there make him um a barrel so he's got that he just got it in like a couple of weeks ago uh or a couple of months ago so he's got a, a like a barrel that he's aging lager and made in made in pilsen that's crazy this is that's so bananas. i feel like the Canadian. i would argue though and this would be a thing i'd be curious to see what you guys think i feel like it's like whilst i know that's promoting beer from elsewhere like it's it's a good thing for canadian beer it's it's sort of elevating um the skill sets of the brewers it's it's bringing back a classic style like i just feel like it's, it's making things interesting overall like it's a real i, I mean I, I will also say, say this for that to the thing too it's like so you go when, when you go to the craft breweries there right like the, and they do have like everyone thinks pilsner like so they have craft breweries there as well like they're uh anything but lager is not great gotcha it's it's uh like early 2000s ontario like your pale ale is an early 2000s ontario pale ale right right gotcha i mean that adds yeah up. so it just, mean, it, like it just doesn't it, like it probably just doesn't quite have the same um like, like the same, like, like the same level of expertise as the, like as the loggers do, like do with the culture. Oh, there. Uh, no, I mean, like if you're if you're a brewer there, you're going to yeah, like you go to vocational like high school, right? So in high school, you're going to a brewing school, a regular high school. Is wow. it brewing school? Yeah, like that's what like you can go to brewing school at high school in high school. Wow. wow. Oh, okay. So you can choose to do that. So it's that like so it's that much part like it's that much part of the culture that you can like that you can get into it as part of like as part of your high school education. So like that that tells you the whole story right there. Just like just how deep logger goes in the culture. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's it, like so like we got we got taken to like a couple different like hop facilities too and you know, it's like it's it's just like so actually, one of the guys that was on the trip was uh, Thomas uh, from Spearhead, uh, the head brewer there. He's a you know he's an older uh, older guy, but you know so he grew up in the Czech Republic, and you know he, it. So I think you know getting having someone like that on that trip too was kind of cool. So you can you know he he was there, kind of was under the kind of iron curtain, and you know he knew the different things about how things were done then too. So you kind of get to see both, both sides of it. So, mm, okay. What, what was their intention? So when I say they are the Czech government for sending it, like what's the, like the end result that they're hoping for, for the people that go on these trips. 
I'd imagine, I think it's that we buy, uh, you know, malt or hops or from, from or check malt, check, check hops. Um, and then, you know, if we're looking for equipment, like we want to see a bunch of equipment manufacturers as well. So if we're in the need, if you're in the need for equipment, like, you know, they make some really, really like there, there's a lot of big breweries in Europe. Right. And, uh, now your regional players are bigger than Steam Whistle, and uh, oh yeah, like they're like you know Waterloo Brewery, right? Like so, like these guys have huge, great, huge knowledge on building building equipment in the in that space. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we saw some pr- pretty cool stuff, but you know, a lot of it's probably not quite size for someone our size. But if you're a regional player or like something in the states, like. Yeah, like, there's some cool, really cool equipment out there. Hmm. And then, what was the impact then that directly had on Block Three as far as the, you know, like, did it change? Like, had you done a check pilsner prior to that, or like now have you guys like started experimenting, or had more of an interest in the style? Because obviously, crispies are a part of your DNA. So, what did it? Yeah, what was the result for you guys? Yeah, I mean, I think it was kind of just. Uh, so we, we have done it, we have done a check Pilsner before and, um, but I think more of it was just like, how do we, uh, like there's just small different things on like, you know, like pouring, you know, so, sometimes here you get, like, if I poured you a beer and you know, the beer, there's like a two fingers head, like pe- people would be like, well, fuck's my beer, right? Like what's going on here? Whereas there, like if you didn't have that two fingers head, they're like, that beer is getting sent back. Yeah. Right. So, you know, just certain, like how we, like, I think it's more for us, like we got, we got to start like educating consumers and letting them know like, Hey, this is just trust us, trust us, trust people. Like, you know, we're we're trying to do the best, like, uh, you know, do good by the beer, if you will, but Mm. I like yeah, I was gonna I was gonna put that into other words. I was gonna say like um when Graham got back, it kind of got us all fired up about like um respecting it, right? Respecting the beer, um, you know, taking the time to pour it properly, taking the time to educate our staff about why this is important to pour it properly mm. and what that does for the beer, and then they can hopefully pass that on to the consumer. Um, you know, why even just why a glass should be clean, right? Like basic things like that. I like that. I mean, look, that's like a net positive, like at the end of the day on that, you know, like, and it's, did, did you guys get a Luca? Did it inspire you to get the Luca tap? Uh, we, we already had one. You already had one? Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Ahead of the game. <laughs> I love it. Um, I don't know. That's, I don't know. It sounds like an overall, that's pretty fucking cool, man. Like, it's just like a cool experience. Like, Kev, you should have jumped on, mate. I don't know what you were doing. <laughs> So, it's fellas, a, we've been a, like one person per brewery. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> oh, okay. fun. I've applied. I've applied for this year. Yeah, it just seems like that seems kind of like short sighted. We were kind of you know? saying like, it, was kinda, it was. It was kind of silly. Like we're on as big, like a huge tour bus. There were sixteen of us on there, right? So, like we could have fit more people on there, but it's like we each had our own rooms at places. I was like, you know, if you're trying to keep the cost room. down, like, like Kevin and I have. More than more than and I'm like like we could we could share a room. That's not a problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. No like, kidding. 
putting an extra guy on the bus doesn't cost anything. So like, I think they could have brought, you know, but it, it, it was also nice that it was intimate too, right? You're, you got to know everyone that was on there and, you know, we have like, we still have a group chat that we all chat in too from, from that trip. So see, that's dope. There you go. Um, but I, I guess it would make more sense to be able to have, you know, whatever, more than one. So you've got the, like basically the exact example, like a brewer owner, like, you know, all right, cool. Let's strategize. Let's talk about this together. Cause you can talk about it with other people, but they don't know your system, your circumstances. And like, they can't talk about it in the same way. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, like, I think both of us, like if Kevin went on that, he would get something totally different out of it than, than I did. The right. Like did. I was kind of thinking on like the more along the business side, and like, how do we do things better? How do we present this better? Where, you know, like decoction mashing and decoction brewing is a big thing in the Czech Republic that you don't really see elsewhere, right? Like, if you think about it, they were they were kind of behind the Iron Curtain for so long. So, well, like, you know, Pilsner and like the Bohemian Pilsner style could have been, they would have probably started out very similar. But, um, you know, Germany was not behind that. Or I mean, some of it was, but parts of it wasn't it was allowed to like you know they had technological developments whereas you know the czech republic is did not have that chance right so like they're still brewing it how they brewed it you know 100 years ago and that and that's what this crazy part like we're going to some of these old breweries and it's like you know that their fermenters are like that old which is wild like it's completely like unfathomable yeah you're not seeing stainless steel you're just seeing like raw like raw steel like it's why it's wild it's sick yeah that's nuts yeah it's very so cool. hey fellas we've been um we've been gushing over czech pills here for the <laughs> last for, for the last like 20 minutes i uh, like and i'm uh, like my mouth is water and i feel like we need to crack it open now <laughs> i am so ready and this was uh canned like a matter of days ago like three days yeah, ago Tuesday. yes Tuesday. Look at that. I am excited. Uh, look at that. Wicked artwork. Who's the uh, bloke on the artwork? Oh, Yaramir. Is that the hockey player guy? It is. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes, it is. What's his last so name? When, when Yaramir Yager. Okay. Rhymes when, with? Uh, when, rhymes with Lager. <laughs> There's a brewery in Quebec who has a beer called Yaramir Lager, and I was like, okay. And, and I've seen people like, yeah, that's the best name ever. I'm like, okay, sure. But when, uh, when <laughs> okay, I, so, so, so see, you're tracking now. I get it. Now it's nice. <laughs> two and two together. <laughs> Sorry, Kevin. We got uh, you. When, when I came to, uh, Graham, this was the first logger we ever made. So I came up to Graham and I was like, look, man, I know block three has never done this, but I want to make a logger. And he goes, I don't give a shit what you call it or what you do, it's just going to be named Yaramir Czech Lager. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I, I, yeah, I don't care. Like, I'm, I'm, he's a, he's a hockey guy. I'm not a hockey guy. I was like, yeah, whatever. And then the more I learned <laughs> yeah, about Yaramir Yager, I was like, wow, this dude's a fucking legend. So who does he play for? So he's like, he play, so he owns a team in, in Cladano, the Czech Republic. He's oh. 50 years old. Actually, I think he just played. He's still playing oh this year, goodness. actually. Okay, I didn't realize. Okay, so I thought he was like yeah. some. But this is what he looks like with the with the mullet. That that's what he looked like in like oh, the yeah. early 90s when he was playing in the NHL. Yeah. Okay, so because he's Czech, 
Now, just because you're the yeah. second brewery to have a, a, a sort of a play on on his name with regard to um, with regard uh, to we, had, we did this like we did this like five years ago, I think, or, or first yeah, batch, something like that. Okay, might be ahead of the game. I yeah. love it. I'm well, it's actually part. pretty crazy. We got like, uh, sorry, Graham, you tell the story. Yeah. So uh, we got like international press when this came out. Uh, so like I remember it came out on like a Thursday or Friday. And I come home and I cut my grass and my like phone's like blowing up. And I'm like, Fuck, what's going on here? <laughs> and so I'm getting phone calls from like TSN, Sportsnet. I got ESPN. Whoa. And I'm like, and they're like, they're all asking me like about this beer. And so we got, we got like articles on those, uh, those sites there. And I was like, I, I hang up and I was like, oh, fuck, we're going to get sued. <laughs> you can get verified on Instagram and, with those uh, articles, by the way. Yeah, so I, it was like, uh, I was like, oh, shit. Like, what? And so it just so happened that he was playing, I think, like uh, a week later in Toronto. And unbeknownst to me, but like one of the guys went down and he was doing some like autograph signing. So, Brought him a six pack. He's like, "Oh yeah, I heard about this," and brought him a label to sign. So I actually have a sign, yeah, sign label downstairs at my house here. That's sick. Yeah. You got it. Did you frame it or anything? Yeah, it's it's framed. It's all done up. It's got like the auth- authentication and everything. So, uh, yeah, like, nice. I thought about bringing it to the brewery, but I know that would disappear so fast. So, <laughs> yeah, <stays> yeah. <laughs> probably smart. We had to pay for that. So, happy birthday, Graham. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> He's like, yeah, that's a, that's a gift right but, there. But uh, yeah, so so yeah, I mean, then nothing. So obviously, nothing happened with that. So, like, no lawsuit ever came of it. That's what you want. But we were I getting like it was crazy. Like we were getting people from Czech Republic, uh, like bars asking us to like ship over kegs, and I was like, if I ship over a keg, there's no late. Like you could just go buy Pilsner Raquel and just put say it's called Yarmir. Call Yarmir. Who cares? Right? Like. <laughs> did you do it Eva, or no <laughs> no we didn't like it was just it, it like we i, I didn't we didn't know how to do that we didn't like we never like so it was kind of no 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 but yeah like pretty funny <laughs> i love it there, there, i think he was playing for florida at the time and like home consumers in florida were like can you send me a 20 liter keg and we're like i that's got to be illegal for some reason oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no it is for sure. <laughs> It, it can be done, let me just tell you. But it's a week. Yes. <laughs> we want to participate in that. And cheers. Cheers. Talk cheers. Mm. Oh, yeah. That's so different to the Hellas. Yeah. T- talk us through this one. This is, uh, this is delicious. My God. This is absolutely one we look forward to every year. Mm. It... Um, it's got a little more. It definitely got a little more body. Um, again, yeah. it's like mostly pilsner malt, uh, a little bit of wheat, uh, just a way heavier charge of sauce, and we use sauce for bittering, which I find that like low alpha hops provide a different type of bittering than maybe a higher alpha hop. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably just because there's more like vegetal matter in there, um, and then this one actually does get dry hopped with sauce. Wow. So I, I that just kind of. Freshens up the aroma a little bit, gives it that little perfumey thing. I know this. This is definitely a favorite of everyone at the brewery and most of our customers. So, 
Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, that like that one like photo that's out there that always gets changed where that guy's looking back at the, he's got the his girl. girlfriend on the arm. And, yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah, th- that's when this beer comes out, like that's all the other beers. And we're just like, yeah. <laughs> Give me that year. <laughs> this is all the mess. Yeah. Oh, this is spectacular. Yeah. yeah you is weren't it, kidding on the aroma. Like, like as like, as, yeah. as I was pouring, I was getting a huge whiff of that. And, and, and like that, like, like that is really, really nice. Ooh. Yeah, and it's what not are, it's not a massive dry hop, but um, it it absolutely makes a difference. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's um, definitely. I like comparing um, like something like a hell because you know people it's pretty easy to write lagers off as if yeah they're all the same, but Jesus they are not. Like this is so different to the Hellas, um, and having them back to back like that. I was actually right. looking forward to that because sometimes you sort of like don't. Like, I know they're very different, but I don't typically have them back-to-back like that. So this is, like, extra fun. Um, and just to show, like, you know, they essentially, excuse me, um, Germany and Czech Republic share a border, if I'm not mistaken. And, mm-hmm. like, like, I guess from, yep. Bo- like, Bohemia, like, the southern part of Germany. I remember when I went, fun fact, in 20- 2004, was the last time I was in Europe, I lived in Toronto and I went around North America on a Greyhound bus, don't do that, and then went to Europe and did like a train around Europe from like Paris to Lisbon. And when we went to Berlin, it would have been quicker to go through the Czech Republic to get to, I believe I went to uh, um, fucking Venice or something, but we had to go the long way because you needed some sort of visa to go through the Czech Republic that you had to apply yeah, for yeah. like months in advance, um, which I, I didn't know about, so I didn't get to do it. Um, but I guess that sort of explain, you know, like, they're sharing a border. That whole specific, very specific part of the world is absolutely like got to be like the world, like the benchmark for this style of beer. But they could almost couldn't be more different, which is very cool. Yeah, to and see. I think part of it, part of it does go go back to that, like the difference in you know uh, communism versus like the under the iron curtain there, right? Like yeah. if you think if you think back to like in all of our lifetimes, you know, if the Czech Republic was part of the USSR, right? Like it's only what 1989, I think it was the the fall of the iron curtain. And that was the, uh, you know, the precipice to that. Right. So like, I think, you know, what might have started as kind of a similar beer, it's got that, which is, I think it's super cool, right? You see something that might have started in that region as something very similar and just how history and how different events have shaped that. And you can get to something that tastes like totally different. 100%. Looks like it was 1990. Collapse of Soviet Union was 1989 to 1992. So I guess that was like the process of it all. Yeah. It seems like 1991 was like the main thing that wrapped it up. I didn't know, like, I, I was, like, too young, I guess, back then to know or give a shit about that part of the world, but I didn't realize they were part of the USSR. That's interesting. Yeah, so, so I, always, I mean, it was, like, when, when, when I was there, actually, so we went to, like, you know, so we went to two different hop, hop processing facilities, and, you know, you walked into one there, and it was, like, it, it was an old, like, it looked like an old, like, a old, like, Russian, like, 1970s building and then you go to the next one it's like like world-class technology right so it's like super kind of interesting to see that different dynamic mm. uh, but yeah i mean it's uh 
such a like for me I, like uh, it's just such a nice this is such a nice beer it's like this i just want to drink all of them right now but <laughs> yeah it, um his, like historically um it's like the Czechs invented the way to make pale malt. Um, yeah. And then the Germans yeah. were like, well, shit, we should probably get on this. Um, <laughs> but like the, so the water profiles in each place were so different that um, yeah, the styles developed kind of concurrently, like between German Pilsner and Czech Pilsner. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, it's like a lot, a lot of actually a lot of the world's styles of beer. Um, have just kind of been based around we don't know why this tastes good but it tastes good and that was generally due to their water right like people in dublin didn't know why their stouts tasted good but it was because they have alkaline water versus you know pilsner which or pilsen which has uh very soft water so they could kind of overload the bitterness and maybe that made their beer last longer because hops are a preservative and their beer tasted better so um it's just interesting to see the way that in a way nature guides it and in some ways nurture guides it. Right. Mm. That's very cool. Yeah. I guess, you know, like water is super in like the main thing I was researching recently into coffee because every, I'm big into coffee and like even just making like a pour over or Chemex or something here, like it doesn't taste as good as when you go to like a cafe or something. And I was reading on Reddit that they like, just like beer, this is the parallel, like just like, with beer that people at cafes apparently they have treated water and people were saying go to a a natural spring go and fill up a bunch of little things of water and then put that in your kettle if you're making a pour over i got the mocha pot recently to like try that and apparently it changes the whole face of um how you make your coffee and i know that obviously with beer you treat the water to change the profile to make it what you want. So it's, uh, it was cool to, to hear that in comparison to, to beer. So it's, uh, yeah, I guess it's really like the whole thing. And then really anywhere outside of the region, like Czech or Germany or whatever it is, like trying to replicate that, you've got to kind of like mimic their water profile to the best ability, which can't be easy. I would imagine. No, absolutely not. Like it, it does like beer is, 95% 95% water on average, right? Um, so, of course, the minerals and stuff make a difference. And ours is ours is very hard and very alkaline. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to get science-y for a second. So we That's do have fair. to, like, acidify things and um, just get the right pHs and, and things like that um, versus, versus somewhere like the Czech Republic, which would have less buffering agents. But we don't have to get into a water chemistry lesson right now. Um, we make yeah, really it's good, just it, can make it, really good stout. We can make very yeah. good stout. If we just happen to not like them. It's definitely it's definitely a case though, like like the water in that like in that region and in KW, like it's so like it's so hard that most people yeah. have water softeners in their homes in like oh, in absolutely. Yeah. yeah, like because of that. Everyone does. Where, yeah. like, like whereas where like whereas out here in Ottawa, like, like no one's got like, no one has water softeners because like our water like even just here in Ottawa, it's a lot like it's a lot softer than it is in KW. I, I hadn't seen a water softener until I moved here. What is a water softener? Yeah, nor had I actually. <laughs> it, it just um, so it is not good for beer. I'll explain that. Um, 
but what it does is it, it runs your your water through like a membrane and then a bunch of salts um, and just kind of removes some of the hardness so that your boiler doesn't or your furnace doesn't explode in our case a boiler because we're a brewery um, and just like calcify and, and yeah yeah but uh, you you wouldn't have one of those in Hamilton where I used to live, and uh, I definitely did not have one growing up in Milton. So I I had never actually seen one until I bought my house, and then I was like, wait, I have to buy salt for this every month? This sucks. Yeah. Uh, Interesting. So Hamilton doesn't need one, is what you're telling me. I don't no, believe no, Hamilton I, I needs one. I think Hamilton is Lake Water. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No, you're fine. <laughs> I'm good. Okay, because I never heard of that. I'm a new homeowner, and I don't know shit about this stuff, so I'm like figuring it all out. That's fascinating. No. I always wanted to get like a yeah, water I mean, filter like, thing. Like here, our, our local utility, like Kitchener Utilities, like the city run one. Like that, they they rent like most people rent them. They from rent them to you. Like that's yeah. like they're, they're, yeah. Uh, okay, we have the water. Like yeah, you have to pay for the water heater thing like every month, which is like feels like a bit of a scam, really. That's but, also included. They do that too, but. Okay, so every city has their <laughs> thing, and then you okay. Does yeah. it make uh-huh. it's, so? Then for a regular homeowner, does it make it like? Is it just to make things not fuck up, like the, like you're saying, calcifying your kettle and your yes. pipes yep. and stuff? That's all it's for. Yep. There's nothing else. Yep. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Versus yeah, if so you're looking. using it for beer, it adds a lot of minerals that you don't necessarily want. Uh, in beer, it does remove some of the hardness, but it replaces it with other things that are not great for beer. Interesting. So coming back to what you guys just said, so it's good for stouts, but you guys aren't into stouts. <laughs> no. No. Have you done Shame. 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 Oh, no, it's okay. <laughs> I'm not judging, Graham. It's okay. All right. Um, are we, we're going to get into that. We're going to get into our hatred for... Um, Stouts, roasty beers, and uh, Cascale. Is that what's going oh, on here? Let's go. I like a bit of hate. Let's fucking go. Um, All right. <laughs> I already went my Black IPA route, but... Uh, we did that. That makes sense. See, Black IPA, that didn't surprise me because I feel like they're like... A, a, it's the, one of the probably most... Um, what's the word? Um, gross. You, gross is the word. Gross. gross. <laughs> <laughs> Polarizing styles. That's the word I was looking for. So... Okay, I'll, I'll start That's on my cask rant next. Uh, let's go cask. Cask, cask beer here is gross. Uh, is I mean, it's just not <laughs> here meaning Canada or here meaning? Yeah, I'd say North America. I don't North think America. anyone does it right. It's just filled off the tank. It's basically it, everyone thinks it's like oh here's flat beer that's poured out of this. Sweet, like Firkin that's sitting on the, the bar. It's like, please don't do that. Just stop. <laughs> no one. My my biggest thing. My biggest thing with cask is that. Um, now, obviously, there are people that do this very, very specifically. Um, sure. But yeah, yeah. a lot of people will just be like, "It's just one cask. I can throw whatever the hell I want in it, and it's usually gross." Uh, that too. Yeah. Yeah. Please stop. Yeah. That is true. It gets pretty well. No one needs a saison on a cask. No one needs um, a black IPA on cask with like a whole bunch of weird <laughs> spices in it. Like these are not things that need to exist. You could just drink a regular beer. How do you guys feel about cask days? Uh, next question. Not please. great. 
<laughs> I've never. I like, actually, I was, like I, I was. That's what I thought you were going to say because cask days like usually involves a whole bunch of weird adjunct and cask beers. <laughs> right, right, yes. and there are, like I said, there are some breweries, and they do bring in a lot of breweries that do take it very seriously. But a lot of people, and I've done this. Like I worked at Wellington for four years. We'd send stuff there, and it was just like I don't know, make up whatever the fuck you want, and it's like that shouldn't. You know, as as much as I really love these these Czech brewing techniques and these German brewing techniques and these Belgian brewing techniques, um, I know it's like all I know is that I don't know nothing, right? I'm not going to just touch cask because I'm not good at it. Let's let the the English do their thing. Um, please stop just throwing random spices into a cask. Yeah, <laughs> but like if, you, if I'll be honest, like if I was in if I went over to the UK, I I'd probably. Go crush cask. I, I'm sure it'd be fine over there. Yeah, I've heard it's like been doing magical it. there. People have told me. Yeah, but I went. Like to I also don't inherently up. like that. Sorry. No, guys, go, go, go. I was gonna yeah. say I also don't inherently like that, like um, ESB style of beer. Like I don't love like the way that that fruity hops works yeah. with those yeasts. Right? Like it's just not. It's not for me. Um, and maybe I go a little bit. A little bit overboard as kind of like a shtick, but it's just like I don't know. I just don't want to drink that, man. <laughs> I think that's it's completely fine. okay. You don't need to. Yeah, some yeah. people don't like spicy food. They're wrong, but yeah. <laughs> some people don't <laughs> like lactose in beers, but they're also wrong. But yeah. like, so like no, on the, onto the dark beers, like like, we, <laughs> like like I know, like we make like our our dark beers are really good. Like when we make them, I just think. Like I know for me, it's just like, uh, uh, just it's not a style I enjoy. I, I I'll have I'll have it here and there, but I'm like, if I'm reaching for for a beer, I'm not like I'm not gravitating towards that. Uh, but I think like that people who love dark beer, they're such a vocal. It's like a they're very vocal. They love them some dark beer. Yeah. I get it. It's like a, it's definitely a thing, but like but, but good black lager. Oh my goodness. They are just, cause like, so we do have not, a black lager coming out in the next couple of weeks, actually. Yeah. Well then, well <laughs> there then, you Joe, go. Yeah. that's what I wanted to hear. Swarsby is a phenomenal. I yeah. Know. I mean, so like I did say like that, you flat go that I had in Czech Republic, like unbelievable. And that, and that's, you know, it, it, but I find like sometimes you get like it's like so roasty and like uh, like it's just like what is go- like uh, yeah. like or smoky and you're just like come on like yeah the smoke is an interesting one though the smoke has to like the only person who does it well I guess mate you're probably about to say was was Godspeed like they do it so subtly otherwise every other smoke beer I've had yeah. tastes like a campfire. And yeah, like, and I don't want that. Strong. I don't want that in my mouth. I don't want. I don't want it yeah. in my mouth. I don't want it in my nose. I don't want it in my. I don't hose. want it on my clothes. Yeah, <laughs> like when you go. Yeah, like when you go to. No, camp, no, but, but, but like, you know, like yeah. it's, it's sweet yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, it, like, it, oh, is anyone yeah. craving green eggs and ham right now? <laughs> no, um, <laughs> no, no, no. The uh, but like the, the the one that I'll always come back to every single time that uh, C and I talk about this is uh, like is Godspeed's smoked porter. Um, like that's the like that that's the one that like that kind of changed 
the like the idea of smoked beer for me and kind of like how smoked beer can, like can taste uh like because it's so so subtle but like it really like but it enhances the the, the like the taste of the porter so much and it, like and it's just goddamn delightful i've never had anything like it and it was it's sort of like an outlier in the smoked yeah, game, yeah, sure. the vast majority, if I ever see the word smoked, I'm like, nope. So I feel you guys. Stouts have become like, I don't know, for me recently, I've like, like if I can just get just a straight up bourbon barrel aged stout, like a high like 10%, 11% or something, that's just glorious. And it used to always be like, I always thought it was just like Quebec dudes were always into all that shit, like really heavy. And I was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, whatever. And I don't know, in the last maybe year or so, I've just been like, heavy heavy into it and appreciating it on another level but i have a special night of the week where i drink those beers like i don't drink them any other time there's one night where i don't have any other style and that's all i have because they're so high abv and it doesn't make a lot of sense you can't go and have four pills and then a 10 percent stout See, like i would be on the like i, I like if i was to do like i would I'd probably go i'd like the lighter like the five five and a half percent ones and i'd be like yeah you know like this is like a filler in i'm not like the um the bigger guys not yeah the bigger like adjunct stouts don't really do it for me i feel that though they can be very intense and a yeah. little like they have their place but it's more sometimes it's well, like yeah. the volume like have you guys ever seen those? Um, I got a feeling, I don't know what the mill, I think they're like eight ounce stubby cans. Like these no, tiny little. Tell me more. They're like. I feel only, like Oscar Blues did those. Like I think I might have been. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know how they do like the big fucking, like the 1050 and those big ass ones? They yeah. It's the opposite. And it's almost like the perfect amount for like a casual um, to be able to crack that beer open because. You know, most Imperial Stouts, like maybe some of them come in short cans. Cool. The vast majority come in 500 or 750 mil bottles. And if you're having a 750 yeah. mil, if you're having that to yourself. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And It'll fucking all, wreck you. It'll wreck you. It, it's over. And that's all you're having that night. That's why I have my Wednesdays are always Stout nights. But it would be optimal to have them more often if there was a smaller packaging because, you know, as soon as you crack a can, that's it. You're drinking the whole thing and they're not cheap. So then you're not going to drain it or you can't keep it to the next day. So they're sort of like, it's an, oh, you have to share it, which is cool, but you're not always able to do that. And sometimes you just want some. But I think those cans are like, I've never seen them in Canada. I've only ever seen them. Like I'm literally one or two ever. Super, super rare. Yeah. I mean, I, I will say like this conversation here, like we're having about like different styles. It's like, like this is what craft beer is about, right? Like, you know, our parents grew up in a, a place where there was like macro one style, yeah. one style, mm -hmm. right? So, like, you know, that's what craft beer is about. Like, no, you don't have to love everything. That's what I tell everyone. It's like, like, you know, if you don't like that beer, that doesn't bother me, right? Like, if you come up and try something from us and, and you don't like it, that doesn't bother me because, like, I guarantee, like, we can have we have something probably up there that you do like, and. Like you're not gonna like everything, and you shouldn't like everything, right? Like, hundred percent, man. And I think this is it's not not possible. <laughs> yeah, not, not, no, not really. I don't know anyone who likes everything. And this is this no, is, exactly. 
I think it's cool because this has really given you guys like this is getting the I guess where I'm following this line of questioning in this conversation because I think it's really given like the the personality of Block Three and what you guys are about and stuff and that's kind of what I want to get to and it's like it's cool that you don't like that shit and that you lean into the things that you do like because I always find the breweries who are my favorite do the things they love so you guys love this this is spectacular this is phenomenal. I love this beer, the Yaramir right now, the Czech Bills. And the last one was phenomenal too. I, this is more my vibe. I don't know why I just love that sort of punchiness of a Czech mm. Pilsner versus a Hellas, but the Hellas is glorious. It's crushing, it's beautiful. But I like that you guys have something that you're passionate about. I think that's actually important because if you're just like, oh, yeah, yeah, we do everything. It's a little pedestrian yeah. and it's a little like, I don't know, catering to people, but the with so many, like we were saying before, when you guys opened, there were 60 breweries in Ontario. Now there's what, whatever it is, it's in the hundred, like two, three, four hundred, whatever it is. You need to sort of like stand for something, I guess, to be like, this is what we do. Now we don't do that. We don't, whatever it is, we don't do those things, but we do these things and we do them well. And I think that's like, yeah, like, I don't think you can be everything to everyone. Right. And, uh, yeah. and, and if you try to do that, like you're going to be, Nothing to no one, and exactly, nothing to no one. I, I think it's and really I, important. I, I will absolutely say that our um, we do have a really good staff who do care. They really, very much do care. Um, sure, yeah. As annoying as that can be, sometimes it's like, yeah, you guys are you guys are just you care so much about the way we present our beer and how we make our beer and um, creating a nice, safe space for everybody that um you know they it, it's hard to get mad at that even though sometimes it feels like you're juggling a lot on your plate they mm. they absolutely do care that's really that's yeah, really think, important that's what you want but i also think like it, you know so like if we don't have like a stouter porter on someone comes up like i i that's what i drink i drink stone porter it's like well right now like we have our beauty in the Belgian on it's also melt malt forward. It's got a different like yeast profile, but you know, you're still going to get that malt sweetness. You're still going to get that, you know, like dry, like you're going to get some different, some of the similar characteristics, but it's going to be different. Mm. Right. Yeah, it's like for sure. how to direct people to maybe try something different too. Right. So. Which I think is important because it's so easy. Go on, Kevin, but it's, it's easy to, get caught up in drinking the same thing all the time. I think sometimes you need to get pushed into trying something different. Sure. Uh, I was just going to make a joke that if someone came up and we didn't have a stout or porter on, I'd just be like, stop. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's enough. <laughs> just take this check pills and enjoy this shit. God damn it. Yeah, all of this said, at the risk, like, at the risk of, p- of pissing you guys off, you could bring back uh, Frankenstein's monster anytime and I'd be a happy guy. Oh, oh. yeah. That's a throwback. Nice. That's a good That's one. A throwback. What was yeah, that man. one? Man. <laughs> uh, so uh, that was. Uh, we, sorry, Kevin. Go ahead. You answer. <laughs> I was say, I, why did I ask you? <laughs> um, I, asked, I should have asked Kevin. I'm sorry. So we we made this beer Frankenstout, and uh, man, this is, uh, we had an LCBO listing for that, right, Grandpa? Yeah, in bottles. Yeah. Yeah, in bottles. So we were still bottling on our Maheen, which is a horrible piece of bottling equipment. If anyone in the industry is listening, they know what I'm talking about. Uh, and we're this beer is called Frankenstout, right? So it's it 
doesn't sell after Halloween. <laughs> we didn't think about that it's, when we put it in there, but that's they wanted stouts yeah. in like the fall, and then we're like, oh yeah, we'll put it in, and then they're like after from like up to uh, October first or October thirtieth, it was like boom, and then from October thirtieth to like November thirtieth, doesn't sell, and then once November, December hits, it's back, baby. And we're like, what the. <laughs> yeah so we we actually ended up taking um we ended up taking a batch of that beer um and instead of doing a we call them doubles or singles right so we have t- uh, 12 barrel tanks and and 24 barrel tanks and instead of doing a 24 barrel batch we just used the same base malt that we would for a 10 barrel batch or a 12 barrel batch and all of the specialty malt for the 24 barrel batch and made Frankenstout's monster. Mm. And it's like one of our highest rated beers on untapped. Not that we <laughs> follow or update or untapped by any means. Um, but yeah, it was, it, I mean, we make dark beers really well. We just don't like them. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of ironic. I like it. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun. <laughs> well, I don't know. That was I a joke. Actually. So like when we, uh, like our first ever, like, like the push room border, I think we won like a like back when we first started, we put a border into like an Ontario Brewing, Brewing Awards and we won a like a silver medal, I think it was, right behind the Clifford border. Mm. Uh for it. And we're like so like the the joke is like every time that we if we ever do it, like we're if we put a dark beer in it'll it'll win. But uh <laughs> the yeah, the irony is huge. Yeah. Like I don't know. I, to be honest, I haven't heard a like that's not super common that like the brewery isn't into something, but then do that thing super well to the point where it's winning. Yeah. I kind of like that. The irony it must be annoying to you, <laughs> but like why not? Take the take the prizes. Fuck that. Now I have to really yeah, want to sure. drink one. Of, I really want to try one of your back beers now. I'm like you actually. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll send you guys some stuff when we have it. What, the Schwartz beer and uh, we have a stout coming up. That sounds cool. Oh, I'd be excited for that. Honestly, black log is fuck, man. Like, god damn it, I get it. So I think I, I think I forgot to crash that tank. I might have to go in tomorrow and crash that tank. But yeah, just real quick, just a quick crash. Nothing too much. So. Uh, it might be time for the next one. This is a total uh, switch up, I believe, from from everything we've been talking about for this next yes, year. Indeed. I think Gray might be beating us to it, right? Did you did you get started, Gray? I did get started. Yeah, I like your attitude. I like it. You're just not messing around. So, what is your stance on the IPAs in general? Like, do you guys like you, you down with it? Like, what's the vibes in comparison to the stout combo? We don't dislike them. We like IPAs. Um, okay. I've I've always I've always said um, there are a lot of people who make them a lot better than us, so we don't necessarily need to have one on at all times. But I think our IPAs are pretty good, and I enjoy making them. I enjoy trying out new hop combinations and seeing what's going on um, in the world. There's so many hops; like it's impossible to keep up with. Yeah, true. So. Um, yeah, like I think but yeah, we, we like, make we like drinking good IPAs, <laughs> but I think it's just not. We're never going to be that New England IPA factory. That absolutely not. And that's okay because 
Yeah, there's enough people doing that. So. Yeah, and like like we were saying, I mean, you like you don't have to be. You guys have like, like you guys have the thing that you like that you love to brew, and it's it, it's better that you be brewing the thing that you love to brew, and you know. There's uh, like there's plenty of the breweries there that love to be the IPA factories and they, like and they do great stuff there. It's uh, and you know we're getting the best of everyone this way. I agree. Yeah, this is and this is why I think it's really important that breweries just do what they want to do, and then the things that the breweries tend to love, they do best. With the very hilarious exception of Block Three's dark beers, which. Now, so I, I was, <laughs> while, while, while you guys pour those beers, I did Google or search of the Untapped here, and yeah, uh, yeah it's pretty pretty funny. Like our top rated beers are all uh, all dark beers. <laughs> That's like, great. I love that. <laughs> yeah. How does it make you guys feel when you see that? Are you like, God uh, damn it, or is it just uh, like uh, hilarious? That's kind of it's funny. just funny. Like I mean, we we don't. We don't even upload our beers to Untapped. We don't do any. We do not maintain it in the slightest. Um, but sometimes we'll look at it and be like, "Oh, this person hated this, and it's funny. This is a funny comment, and we'll share it around the brewery." That's about our level of interaction yeah. with Untapped. I get it. It's it can go. It's I a, feel, I, it's a topic. Yeah, I, I feel like, um, <laughs> like as brewers and business owners, that's a good, like that's a good attitude to have about it to let it not uh, negatively impact you. <laughs> well, because I mean, people I can be fucking ruthless, right? Like untapped. everyone has different tastes, right? That's like, it. yeah, you know, sure. So and like you can you can chase tastes. that hype all day long, but then, like at the end of the day, um, we're still employing like a bunch of people, and you know. Doing okay, sure. If someone hates our beers, that's great. But we're still around. Uh, that's yep. good to me. Yep. Still provide a nice, safe workspace and pay people well, and that's important to me. So, hell yeah. yeah! Anyone who hates anything, I kind of feel like it's coming from something going on in their life. To be honest, like it's beer for fuck's sake. Relax, and anyone like really like getting worked up over craft beer like because you know it's not the beer that's really setting them off so like i feel like that's always one no, thing it's just beer it's just beer i love that i love that so much it is funny when they when they when people get really worked up over something you're like dude like it's okay it's it's okay you know what you can do is not drink it i don't know why everyone has to give their like negative exactly. opinion of stuff do you know what we do if i really don't like something i don't fucking post about it how about that i think that's the smartest way to go about it because it's like if you care about so that's beer go on, go i was gonna say that's how we know if he doesn't like our beers he just I, won't smoke up our ass he won't post about it. <laughs> i mean there's that too <laughs> and it's like well like, how does it help craft beer if you really care about craft beer are you really going to get that upset over something you don't like because it's the most subjective taste is one of the most subjective things ever like this like you know a whole group of people could think it's the greatest thing since sliced bread and then a whole group of people could think it's hot garbage and that could go with anything that you put in your mouth any any sort of food or beverage is uh subjective there's no like this is the best i mean like I would personally have some things that I think this is the best and I would die on that hill, but I know it's still subjective in my soul of souls. I know it's not like I'm not necessarily so, so my, right. 
my, my theory around that, I, I do 100% agree with you, but my theory around that is that there is like a price, uh, a correlation between people's things and price and what they pay for it. So like if you buy a $25 bottle of beer, you know, and you, or you, and you waited in line for it, you're, you're more inept to say like, oh, this was, this was amazing. It was so worth me waiting two hours in line and paying $25 for it. Cause I don't want to sound like an idiot that I pay that I didn't like, right. You know, <laughs> that's a, that's going to be a part of some of it. And there's just sort yeah, of, absolutely. absolutely it is yeah. circle jacking and, and blah, blah, blah. Um, that's it is good. what it is, but this is the beer we're going to be drinking right now. God damn it. Sorry, I didn't show it here. So this is called One Up. This is a nope. uh, double IPA, 8.7%. Very, uh, you know, a nice nod to all of our childhoods right here. Yeah, and as a big Nintendo nerd, I, re I, like, I really uh, appreciate the label on this one. I've always liked this. Yeah, this is super cool. Yeah, so this was actually our, the, the brew we did for our 100th brew, I believe, right? So... You get a hundred oh, nice. coins in Mario. You get a free life, baby. Oh, love there that. we go. Oh, I love that. Oh, hang on a second. Okay, so this is the hundredth batch of, and this is the first time you've done this beer. No, no, no. no this has been around like no, 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 <laughs> no, no. Okay, we're into the thousands now. I think I was so. gonna say for ten years, uh, it's not possible. I think we Actually, brewed twelve eighty-six. Right? I think we brewed twelve eighty-six the other day. 1286, yeah. god damn it. And um, this particular bad boy is a... Uh, what's the hops in this one? Uh, so that, again, gets a tiny touch of nugget for bittering because I like to feel like I'm doing something when the boil starts. Um, I respect These it. New England IPAs. Um, but then uh, a lot of Galaxy, a lot of Citra, a lot of Mosaic. Nice. It's a good combo. We, d we have switched that up before. There's the odd time where I had other things. Um, at one point, we put a little bit of Sabro in here, which I didn't love as um, full note hop, but I kind of dig it as like a background thing. That's fair. Yeah, it's, it, it's, a, little, it's a, little, a little it's a little like sunscreen coconut kind of thing. But as like a background note, I think it works. This one though specifically was uh, Galaxy Citra Mosaic. Is there variants of this at all? Not, not variants in the sense that we like advertise them, but yeah. variants in the sense that sometimes I don't have this, or sometimes I don't have that, or sometimes I just feel a little sassy. You know. You know what? I respect <laughs> this. Sometimes like you know what? That's what's happening. Um. Sorry, one more time, Kevin. It was Galaxy Citra Mosaic. This one, yeah, this one specifically, Galaxy okay. Citra Mosaic. Um, so it's like it's not like murky haze, but it's definitely like wicked fluffy head. It's hazy, yeah. It's definitely hazy. Yeah. What would you describe this nose as? This is so unique. Yeah, I get a lot of like like berry, like it's citrus, but it's also mixed with berries. Yeah. Um, Mm. Yeah, I think that's the galaxy. The galaxy is doing a lot of heavy lifting here. Mm. Yeah, I do get berries there. Yeah, the head is wicked, wicked fluffy. Um, yeah, berries on the nose. That's interesting. Um, yeah, is there 
anything that you guys do specifically with this that's like unique or different? I don't think we're doing anything outside of the norm that you'd see from what other people are doing. Um, but our, again, we were talking about how our water is so good for making like stouts and stuff because it's a little bit alkaline. And part of the way that you make New England IPAs is you kind of swap the sulfate to chloride ratio. And our water is pretty high chloride. So it's kind of tailor-made to make these kind of beers. Mm. Yeah, man. Yeah, this is smooth. 8.7 is pretty high. Yep. Um, but it's definitely doesn't drink like it's it's like like that ABV. I'm getting a lot of bitterness. It could be yes. a comparison to the other beers, but is that accurate? Like a piney bitterness type of thing. I think this batch came out a little more bitter than than we wanted. Okay. Nothing wrong with that in um, like an East Coast. I feel like that's a like an East meets West kind of thing. Right. Mm. And uh, I don't think, again, like I said, this changes up sometimes and, and your hot batches changes up sometimes. I don't necessarily consider that a flaw, but I, yeah, it's, it's a little more bitter than I wanted. Absolutely. Well, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, like I said, oh, this is like a common sort of uh, beer that you guys are doing. It looks like there's a lot of, um, I always like to check the, I know you guys said just before you don't um, maintain untapped. I like it <laughs> for like a reference point for when I'm like jotting down the reviews and stuff. Um, but it looks like you guys are, uh, excuse me, like, there's like one in 1.3k check-ins to this and you didn't even make it. Yep. There, no, there's, I'm sorry, um, two, 2k. 2k. Jeez. I don't know if that's a lot or not. Um, that's decent. There's a, that's decent, man. Okay. There's, there's, um, there's a lot of times where I'll be looking at the production schedule and I'll just be like, Hey, I got this tank open for three weeks, and I need to keep this. I like there are ale yeast alive. What should we make? And, and then you know, you like, fall back well, on on old favorites and things like that. That's kind of the life of a brewery. When you get above a certain level, you have to you have to fill the tanks, you have to empty the tanks, and you have to keep yep. yeast strains alive. Especially when you're doing yep. you know four or five strains like we have sometimes. Yeah. No, I can imagine it would be uh, the best way to go about it. Um, do you guys do many IPAs? We, we do. Yeah, we try to have one on at least at all times. One on okay. at a time, yeah. Uh, do yeah. you do like a varying, a varying uh, like ABV from like pale ale, like you know, four to five percent up to something like this? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think this is like we have the M, which is our like the ten percent, uh, like. Triple IPA, like that's what you would call it. But yeah, that would uh, be that would be the highest. Yeah, yeah. And then we have this, and then most of them fall in like the six and a half to five range. That's 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 a good zone. Personally, that's my favorite. That's yeah, the, for sure. That, yeah, I mean, we've we've talked about this a ton too. Actually, it's like I think that sweet spot is in that six and a half and below because, especially you know when you know most of our stuff goes out the tap tap room, right? So, you know you. I, you want someone to have, be able to sit there and like have one or two and not be c completely out of it. Right. So, and same with at the restaurant and if you're and when you're looking to sell to other licensees, like they don't necessarily want the 10% uh, 
uh, or not eight and a half percent IPA. Maybe some beer bars yeah. will, but not not the most like most general like most restaurants will, right? So yeah, yeah, uh, but like I've heard of um, I'm about to say conjecture. That's not the right word, but like I've heard sort of from a few different brewery owners that the double IPAs typically are sort of like. Uh, not selling as much as they used to, and people are gravitating more in that five percent to six point five percent kind of range or seven percent kind of top end. Um, like one because double IPAs are a little more pricey, and uh, two, I guess you can probably, you know, I think because over the last few years people went a little hard in general, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, sort of the the move has been a little that well, I guess. Overall, people are leaning a touch towards the uh, lighter a- uh, ABV IPAs. Have you guys found that on your side? Like we generally keep our tap lineup below six and a half percent, and like, gotcha. You guys yeah, are real crushable, uh, approachable type of thing. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, think I would just, say like, like, sorry, Graham. Except for, except for right now, but <laughs> <laughs> no, but people people will drink. Um, people will have two two 5% beers in the same way that a bar will order two 5% kegs of like two kegs of 5% pale ale. Um, and that's just something you have to think about. Like we're not really in the business of people trying one triple IPA. We're in the business of people taking home a six pack of pale ale. Right. Yeah. Uh, completely. Yeah. And it's sort of like, so that's the MO of the brewery. You guys are more of a, uh, a, a crusher, type of thing like a gateway slash approachable brewery where you can drink multiple of the same beer with no issues as opposed to sort of like a one and done situation with a 10% yeah. stout or a double IPA. Yeah. Like the breweries that are doing like the adjunct stouts and like triple IPAs, slushy sours, you know, that are selling for like seven and eight, ten dollars a can. Right? Like, you know, that's just not, that's not who we are. And, you know, we're, I think we have approachable beer, approachable pricing, and yeah, it's it's you know fill up that six pack, right? Like if you're going to come in, fill up that six pack. Gotcha. I like and that. Yeah, we For have sure. we have we have. It's not just like you and I, Graham, running this, right? We have several employees. We have a little more mouths to feed. Like we're, you kind of have to move uh, at least some of your production into the volume game. Mm. You can't just be like every beer is a one off and try one. Right, like we need people to come. We need repeat customers to make sure that you know the got to feed the beast, right? <laughs> and look, I get yeah. it. And yeah, it's a different business model for sure. And that's why yep. those thousands of check-ins on Untapped is actually meaningful. The reason I brought it up is because I don't very often see two K check-ins on the beer. Normally, you see one hundred and thirty-eight check-ins on the beer, or whatever, based on the smaller batch and how many people use Untapped and check in. Two K means mm-hmm. oh, you're you're pumping this shit out, and people are grabbing it consistently yeah. over time and that's yeah no. i mean we, <laughs> yeah. that's a good thing i'm just i, I don't yeah. see it as often okay, i think that's no i'm, I'm none of none of any of this stuff is is not positive at all this is great and i love to hear it i was actually going to say would you guys consider yourselves because it sounds like from what you're saying um you guys are more of a gateway brewery in the sense of you could bring people like Nate and I who were craft beer nerds to the brewery and we would lose our shit and we'd be happy with everything, particularly the stouts. And then you could bring your friend who doesn't really drink a lot of beer to block three 
and they would also be equally happy because they can like try a bunch of different stuff and it's all pretty low it's not like this really intense over it's, it's very everything I've, from what i'm gathering tonight everything's very balanced everything's very like, clean um smooth and very approachable as far as the, the, yeah. the, the selection we had right now and i feel like it's a pretty good selection like a couple of di very different crispies um a, a very approachable saison and now a, a nice kind of like more intense new england ipa that isn't really that like it's not like it would turn somebody off that's never it's a little bit newer to be a type of thing. So would you guys consider yourselves maybe more of the gateway-ish type? Or not intentionally? Never, yeah, I mean, I haven't really thought about it that way, but yeah, I mean, I think probably if you, you know, the way you phrase it, yeah. Um, and, I, and you know, we're, we are in a, like I said before, like we're in a tourist area, right? So like we're getting people in all the time that are, aren't, necessarily used to drinking craft beer so right. you know if we had all those other like styles and they they you know, like they they wouldn't fill up the six pack as they leave right and that's it can be they, it, it, it can be intimidating for some of those like, for some of those other ones and i would say that your guys lineup is not intimidating which is probably a nice thing to have for that tourist crowd yeah i mean and you know yeah. like they 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 if they've tried some sort of beer before they they at least come in and they're not into craft beer they can recognize some words that are on the the beer list right so that's what you want yeah there, recognizes the words. there's nothing wrong with being like um making good beer uh good quality beer like I, we may not have the most adventurous stuff but if you show up you're definitely going to get a good quality beer and um you know, a nice space and a nice uh, time. And yeah, I like, there's nothing wrong with being that community center um, as a brewery. We've talked about this a lot of being like, just, you don't have to grow huge. You don't have to be distributed worldwide. You can just be that good place in where you are. And that is absolutely yep. fine. I, I absolutely love that. And that's uh, like, that's something that I've talked about before in the last, uh, like in the last five years, is the evolution of breweries becoming community hubs, um, and uh, like, and that's really a beautiful thing to see. And uh, like, it's really nice when a brewery can, like, when a brewery can be that. And uh, you know, when you're in a tourist zone, and a brewery can be, uh, like, can be something that brings people in the door when you like when you've got that kind of tourist foot traffic it's it's a great thing to see mm -hmm. yeah no it's super super key i didn't realize that jacob was that i heard of the town i'm sort of somewhat familiar with it but i didn't realize it was the tourist so i think it's like you have to speak to the the demographic that that is around right but also like i feel like it's like you guys seem to be doing a really good job at speaking to those people but also you know you you have a little something you know you guys are being nerds inherently you guys have been into it for a long course, time yeah. much longer than nate and i and you've got things that speak to you guys and to the you know people like us but you've also got stuff that's very accommodating and welcoming to people who are newer to be which i think like i i say this on the pod often i just think it's like one of the most undervalued um characteristics of breweries i feel like gateway type of stuff which is the 
general word that we'll probably use is like something that maybe not everyone thinks about because we're all in our own little world of being nerdery and, and such. But bringing new people in is, is like what else matters well, but bringing on new people in. Yeah, I mean, like I'll use, like Kevin, I don't know, like I'll use Walton as an example here. Like, you know, there's a, we've got a 60 year old, like, you know, blue collar construction worker that comes in a couple times a week. And, you know, when you think of that you know, perception, you would probably guess he would drink our Hellas, he'd drink our Vienna Lager, he'd drink the Czech Pilsner. All he drinks is our dry hop sour. I see that. Or the fruited sour. Right? I love so, that. Yep. Right. So, like, I think, you know, it's, it's, it, you know, if you have an approachable space and you have an approachable thing, you get people that come there and they're like, oh, like, I drank Bud Light. I, I, I drink Bud Light at home, but I'll come here and I'll drink this. And, you know, then they come back and, you know, like, we were a bunch of our mug club members were out and, like randomly on the same flight out to Halifax uh, this week. And, you know, we were getting texts from, from them that they're all hanging out together at the bar in Halifax that they hang out. Like it's, you know, like it's, it's just like that community thing is super, super cool. All right. So, and people That's that you going to say that, that they wouldn't hang out with normally, or you wouldn't be, wouldn't be in your circle can, and you, you know, you can get into that circle because of, beer mm. I, I was gonna say on, on on that exact point like uh, you know with walt it's like i probably wouldn't know this guy but he's actually become a friend over the years of just frequenting yeah. the bar and it's like you know he helped us build our planters out front of our brewery and like you know seeing this kind of community come around literally just because we make good beer and we have a nice space and we're very welcoming um i you know i think that's that's something to strive towards. That is absolutely yeah. um, that that can be your goal. That can absolutely be your goal. That's really definitely. Cool. I love that, Nate. I'm gonna piss. Do you want to just hold it down for a sec? I'll be back in like 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Go for I it. Did, I just ghosted for like 30 seconds before, but it's fine. It's you can <laughs> you can ghost. I probably have to announce it just because I can't just like fuck off like that. But you absolutely can anytime you need to piss. I forgot to tell you guys beforehand. <laughs> I'll be, I won't be long. <laughs> keep going. Keep going. Um, it, it, this is going to be a bit of an awkward segue, but you, uh, you, you mentioned Halifax there and coming back to something that we talked about before with, uh, like with interprovincial collaborations. Um, am I right that you, that, like, that you guys have a bit of a friendship with two crows out in, uh, yes. uh, out in Halifax? Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why do you say Unfortunately. <laughs> Uh, we have, we have had some, some very big highs and some very big, probably should have gone to the hospital from alcohol poisoning. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I'm yeah, I've, I've, back, I've seen, oh no. <laughs> no, yeah, no, I, no I, I've I, seen, I, uh, cause I, cause I know they've done a couple of collabs with you guys and I've seen, uh, like, and I've seen them describe you as their, uh, their Ontario BFFs. <laughs> yeah. They're they're yeah, amazing so like, friends of ours. Yeah, yeah. We need to we need to go back out there again. Let's get them here first. Yeah. That so how that yeah. started was um, I I literally just saw them starting up on on Instagram and I was like, 
hey, you guys like fooders and barrel-aged beers. I like fooders and barrel-aged beers. You want to come out? And they went, okay, here's our tickets. And I was like, oh, shit, we're really doing this. <laughs> and it, it was yeah, before so their first it. anniversary. And um, we were like, well, now we got to go out. And, you know, Graham obviously went to school in, in Nova Scotia. So um, there was a bit of a connection there. And it was like, yeah, well, we got to go now and, and go meet these guys mm-hmm. and go to Nova Scotia. And they've just <sighs> become really, really good friends over the years. Well, yeah. we, we kind of got stuck there, actually. So we, we, we flew out there for the, the collab, and then our flight got canceled two days in a row. Oh, no. I mean, the, yeah, after the first day it got canceled, thank God it got canceled the second day because like there was no way I was, we were making it on that plane. But, uh, yeah, it was, I mean, but it was cool, right? Like, And they treated us like super awesome, and they're like, yeah. Great, like Jer- Jeremy and Miles out there are awesome. They're great guys. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I was uh, a, a few years back. I was out in, uh, like, I was out in Halifax, and I was at, uh, <laughs> and I went to Two Crows. It was my first, like, it was my first time there, and um, I, I unfortunately don't remember the, the the guy's name who was serving me at the bar. But uh, the, like, but I mentioned to him that I was from Ontario, and he was telling me that um, that the guys from Block Three were like were in town not like not too long ago, and he was saying things got pretty wild. And now feel okay saying. That that I'm not telling tales out of school. <laughs> no, 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 no. We had a good time. Um, they, they've they've shown us a really really good time, and um, <laughs> just like op- open the doors of hospitality into Halifax. We even like shipped some beer to Halifax and um, had it in their stores and stuff like that. Like they've just been uh, great partners, and it's That's amazing good. to see them uh, see them grow. Like, so, we so, yeah, we ship beer out there for sure. The, the the so we sh- we actually ship one up out to Halifax. Yes, right before we the lockdown. We, we no no we shipped it the day of everything got locked down. That truck came and picked it up that day. Damn. Was it okay? Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember it was like around the first lockdown. Yeah. Yeah, it was like March fifteenth. Yeah, twenty twenty. We shipped out a pallet of one up, and we're just like, like so we're getting we're watching this thing get locked down, and then like everything, and then like this truck shows up, and we're like, well, I guess. We're sending this out there. <laughs> I hope it moved. Yeah. yeah I think sure it did, but, but probably <laughs> not. I mean, that's a tough part, right? Like it got sent out, like, you know, it got sent out there and then didn't move and, or, or didn't move as quick as it should have, but, or could have. Yeah. Nova Scotia is weird too with their pricing and everything. Like it's almost yeah. cheaper for us to send beer to them. And it would be like on par with locally produced stuff. The way their taxes work, it's very odd. Hmm. The whole uh, yeah, alcohol absolutely. tax thing is just obscene in Wild, any country. Yeah. It's never good. It sort of hit me now that like, so this is your tenth year, right? Like you said, you opened twenty thirteen, so twenty twenty three is August thirtieth. August thirtieth will be our tenth year. What's the vibes? What's happening? Yeah. What's going on? Uh, we actually we, we've been kind of talking about that uh, this week a little bit. Like, what what are we going to do? Uh, usually, we plan everything last minute as you, as you do, but <laughs> we're going to try to maybe get ahead of things. Uh, our our joke is that uh, like uh, like seven eight years ago, one of our partners uh, sent the, like tried to book the Arkells, uh for a show, and that was like you know like they were charging like four or five grand at that time. 
So he's just going to respond to that email and say, yeah, yeah, we're confirmed, booked for four grand. So we're, we're going to try to do that, I think. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it'll work. Um, we usually yeah, do yeah, this like Oktoberfest party is what we call it. Like Oktoberfest is a big thing in KW region. Um, so Blocktoberfest has tra- tra- traditionally been our, um, our like anniversary party, even if it's not on the actual day. Um, but yeah, and I don't know. This year, ten feels pretty special. So we should we should look. At, this is like a, this is like a Monday problem. We'll we'll look at <laughs> we'll look at what we can what we can book and what we can do, and it would be a lot of fun. I mean, we should get you guys out if you can if you can make it, and that'd be lovely. Yeah. It should be around. Can't see why not. Ten years. That's like like honestly, you guys should be proud, man. Like ten years as a craft brewery. In Ontario or in yeah, Canada, crazy, yeah. it's pretty damn. We just crazy. feel old and tired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of feel like it doesn't matter what you do, you feel old and tired. I don't know how to stop the. No. Like I remember when we started, like uh, Kevin, like we were, we always talked about like some of like the, you know, the older craft breweries, like how they always used to be like so grumpy and like sometimes like I feel like, are we those guys now or, like are we the grumpy like. Like we're the same age as everyone else here, but we've been just doing it so long. It's just like, yeah, so grumpy. Like I've, I've I've literally never had another full time job other than this. So, yeah, <laughs> I can see why it would make you grumpy because you you're dealing with the the minutia of uh, of the beer world day in day out, and I imagine uh, you know, for someone like Nate and I, we're on the uh, like the periphery of it all, so we just get the good stuff. Well, you're on the good you're on the good side, yeah. We're on the good well, side. Well, like everyone. Yeah. Beer's not beer's not our full time jobs. <laughs> no, like all our friends ask us, like, you know, like, oh, like, are you guys gonna go do that festival? It's gonna be so awesome. I love beer. Fe- like, beer festivals suck, right? Like, you know, from our side, like, <laughs> thank you. I don't like them. I don't like them. No, and we we're actually I was just talking. Like, we had this one today that wants us to like. They want us to come pour at this, like, you know, for like during the afternoon they've got this and then. Uh, like you know, tasting thing, and then at the evening, it's like a live concert, and they're spending big bucks. Like they're bringing in some name name bands. Of like, no one wants a tasting thing when there's a live concert. That should just be a full on bar. Yeah, I right? feel like, like I always stop. say the beer festivals are the least optimal way to try new beers. Like, it's a way to get smashed, and everyone ends up like way too lit because you can't control yourself because you don't know what you're drinking right now. I know the size of the glasses that I'm drinking. I've got four cans here. I know exactly where I'm at. I'm good. I know when I can stop. Yeah. Whereas at a beer festival, you've got those little tasters that you've never seen before. They give you a brand new glass. And you're just like, ah, yeah, fuck it. And all of a sudden you're vomiting in the Uber and you got a hundred dollar charge on your card. And here we go. It's not fun. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's also like, so we- <laughs> But I mean, we actually, we actually played, we, we did a little experiment at one beer fest, uh, where we, so we had two, like we had the King street and something else that was like 5%. And then we put like a quad and a triple on. So like, we just marked, like we, we just like most people would in normal at the bar would go for like the, the 5% and Saison. And we, we had a triple and a quad, and these things crushed at a beer festival because all they all they looked at was the ABV. They didn't like they didn't care, and it's like 
you, you as you're serving, it's like light or dark, light or dark. What do you want? Like, it's just there. It, like when you you sit when people tell you that it's like they they try to pitch you to go. It's like oh, it's gonna be great marketing. It's like I've done enough now. I know it's not. Mm. Yeah, because yeah, no one's remembering. Like, yeah. No one's once no one's remembering. It's also like that one-off beer that I brought that is not available in the LCBO, not available at whatever. It's only available at the brewery and I'm in Toronto. Like, why would I do like, this doesn't make sense. They're not coming to Toronto to St. Jacobs from Toronto just to try that beer. Yeah. It's a strange concept and you are right. Like I didn't know people went for um, ABV though, because that seems redundant for the long game. Oh, the beer no. festival is intended oh, no. to be like, I always I seen some disgusting, disgusting <laughs> things. <laughs> I just feel like so like there, yeah. there was one festival like so there's like so a lot of breweries have like a little slot bucket that you like dump like your, the little extras in right and there like so like there's this one and these they, they came down like we had we had to, like they had security we had to shut down these people were like you can't shut down right now like like booking service and they're like. There's beer in that bucket. I know there's beer in that bucket. I was like, yeah, I mean, that's where we put all the whatever. And then they just took their glass, scooped it right in, shugged it, and then did it again. I was like, oh, my God. Oh. Like, one of the most disgusting things I've probably seen in my life. Oh, my God. I had a physical reaction to that. It's a yeah, beer I festival, saw your I mean, look, if people are that hot out for alcohol, I don't know if craft beer is really what you're looking for, man. I, think I, I feel like there's an easier down. way. <laughs> there's, you know, there is, probably. Right? Uh, that's, a, that's the point right there. It's like, this didn't do anything for us. No, it's no. I, oh, I do get it. I think it depends on the type of festival, maybe. But then maybe a festival is a fe- You guys will probably know better. Like I've been to a reasonable amount of festivals to the point where I'm festivaled out. And the last one I went to was 2019. And I have zero interest of going to another one, except Fudunik because it was that fire. But it was like one of the ones, because they gave you such a small tasting glass, you just didn't get too lit. It was interesting. Right. Yeah. Food or Uni, I was very, very excited for. Um, that would have been amazing to pour at. Uh, Bellwoods, um, Witchstock. I think Witchstock was Witchstock. That's what it was called. Yeah, um, yeah. That that was one of the best experiences, or two of the best experiences in my entire life. Um, they they really yeah. knew how to put it on and and uh, make it a great cool. experience for everybody. That was unreal. Yeah. Um, but it, we're we're more talking I mean, like, these, like these local. Sorry. I was going to say like what they saw as like, if you guys came as consumers or customers. Like what you saw, like was fun, but then we had like they threw like for the vendors, it was they went over the top. Like Bellwoods went, it was incredible, way over the top. I've um, heard, but that the, a lot the, of them do that. I'm I'm talking more like the the local like barbecue blues and brews kind of festivals where it's just yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't we don't we don't fucking sell beer in Oshawa. Why are we going to this? And why are we paying to have a booth there? Yeah. 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 Don't send. That's like, a good question. When it's when it's called Kitchener Craft Beer and Rib Fest, you know, we're the why? Why am I losing money to show up at your festival? Right. Who in Who in Kitchener who's into craft beer doesn't know about us yet? And, and yeah. that's really yeah. what it is. If they come into a festival, that's not a marketing opportunity there. Exactly. No, absolutely not. 
Exposure yeah. will kill you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. It's, uh, it's kind of wow. I'm glad, I'm glad we're aligned. Sorry, Nate. Yeah. Uh, no, just to shout out one more festival. If Dominion City ever puts on Rooted in Place again, I'd go back to that in a heartbeat. That was, okay. that was, like, I, I haven't had the opportunity to go to Fudunee, but, uh, but Rooted in Place was a really special experience. Yeah, I did. I saw that. I don't know much about that one, but yeah, I only had good things from everybody. The other one that I really enjoyed was the Collective Arts Liquid Liquid Arts Festival. That was always fun. Um, yeah, it still got a little wild, but it was um, it was just really great breweries, and it was a more interesting time. And they also had a small um, tasting glass, which f- for some reason I'm equating with a better time, just because the bigger the mm-hmm. glass, the more the problems. <laughs> Really, that's all it comes. I feel to like, because- I, I, like like Liquid Arts does get a bit con- like does get a bit concerty later uh, like later in the night and does, uh, so. like and people and, and people do get a bit more crazy as it like as it goes on. But on the whole, I do agree. It's a it, it was a fun festival the time uh, the, the time that we were there because it's like a craft beer festival, like where the the breweries who are invited to participate is thoughtful as far as who's there. But once again, I maintain that it's not the optimal environment to try beer. Like you can't monitor your volume and no. you're trying all sorts of stuff. And it's just like you don't remember any of it by the end of it. So what's the point? It's just more yeah. like, ah, like, I don't know. I just don't see, like, I'd rather hang out, like, individually and go to the brewery. A lot of the times I didn't because pre-2020, I was traveling a shit ton. So, like, I'd go to these festivals. I'd be like, I've been to... 60% of these breweries, I don't really give a fuck about trying a somewhat aged keg of their stuff at a festival in a, in a time <laughs> where I'm not going to remember any of it. Whereas like, I'll just go back to wherever the brewery is and try it there. It's just, it's a better experience personally, but some people just don't really travel. Maybe they've got kids or a job that doesn't allow them to do it. So I definitely get it that they're not maybe able to go to a bunch of places and so it, it serves a market, and it seems like the four of us are not really, uh, not really the target market for beer festivals, and that's okay. No, they exist for a reason. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I like I remember, like you know, if you're talk, if you're talking like Steam Whistle or Muskoka or whatever, that you know, like they're everywhere, and it's like in that sense, it's like just brand awareness. Where whereas, like, if you're a small brewery and you're not really selling to licensees and or lcbo's in that area like it, it doesn't make sense no. yeah it, i guess because people just unless, don't remember unless you can make money at the festival and i feel like you should make money off the festival like if whatever no, model you're not making, no, no. See, uh, you never do that's so i've seen too. i've had it happen i've seen one where like we went there was one in london that we we went there and made some money the first year and then the next year they changed their uh, model. I was like, yeah, we ain't coming back. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. I, I don't know why breweries are expected to like cough up money to be at a festival. And that's like supposed to be a marketing expense when like, shouldn't everybody make money? Not just the people like the festival won't mm-hmm. exist if the breweries don't turn up. So if only the people who run the festival are making money, that doesn't make a lot of sense for, for those who are pouring. It seems silly. I, couldn't agree more. I don't know. It's just Makes annoying. no sense. Business of beer are uh, not always the best of friends, I guess. You know? No. no. But well, I think everyone thinks it's – but like you get there's so many breweries out there, people probably think it's like, oh, they're just happy to 
said it or they think that they are when they're putting on the festival they think oh yeah like they generally think that it's like a good marketing opportunity but it it's not like no not well i'm de- we're definitely aligned on that um as far as like if if obviously you got the it's a little while away the uh the 10 year in august which is sounds like super fun um gonna be a ton of stouts there it's gonna be sick is there anything else coming up that uh, the f- the folks need to pay attention to? Obviously, they need to go and grab this Yaramichak Lager because it's spectacular. Um, come by the brewery. But is there anything else that people need to know about? Or um... yeah, I mean, if you're looking to like, if you're like from Ontario or whatever, local, like not too far, like come out check out check out our like beer garden in the summer. It's got. Or spring, summer, all whatever, and it's it's like a you know super chill spot. You know we got Liedersteins, nice. half Liedersteins, yeah, um, and, and and absolutely hit us up, social media things like that. We're we're always happy to meet people and and say hi and talk more about our beers and things like that. Yeah, and like Kevin and I are super approachable too. Like if you're there, do dog you friendly, family friendly, like, yeah, yeah. Look how friendly us, you guys so. are. Look at, look at you. Look at your faces. You guys are friendly as fuck. Couldn't be friendlier. <laughs> I love it. Um, boys, this is awesome. I want to take the screenshot for the uh, the thumbnail. Do you guys want to like hold up some uh, some products? Oh, boy. To let the people know. Yeah, you know the vibes here. Yeah. All right. Maybe figure this oh, out so I can have two cans. Got to make sure it look cool. Yeah, look cool. Ready? Oh, that is stunning. Um, Kevin, where's my beat, bro? I know. I I was slacking. I had a couple I had a couple oh. like loops that I thought would work, but I didn't flesh them out too much in the song. You know, you're always your worst critic. And then a bunch of other stuff I came up with was like a little more drill, and I didn't think that was your style. So I can fuck with some drill, bro. Like I'm pretty chill these days. Like uh I haven't done a drill thing yet, but I find it amusing and I feel like I could do it and not make it like I'm stabbing somebody. I feel like, like I as could. dark and weird. Yeah. 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 You know yeah. what I'm saying? I feel like I would do the flow cause I find the flows are funny. Like I used to think trap flows were funny and then you do it. I'm like, okay, this is kind of fun. Cause it's different to like boom back, like just straight up. By the way, people who don't know what to talk about, like Kevin is, you're a producer, right? Like musician. Yeah. 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 So during, yeah. During the pandemic, I got, um, more into like electronic and hip hop production. Like I'm, I'm a jazz guy. I'm a jazz bass player, guitar player. Um, and then obviously you couldn't do that no. <laughs> during, during the pandemic. So I got a bunch of samplers and just started fucking around. And um, I still love doing the boom bap stuff, the lo-fi stuff, but uh, I don't know. I run Ableton. I got some MIDI controllers and I don't know I've just been following like the drill, like the way they use the 808s to, to do that pattern. Kind of like do a melody and like be the baseline and punctuate things. I like it. I like the way a jazz dude is describing that. That's fun. I, I, honestly though, yeah, like I, I, send me anything that you think is cool. Cause okay. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm open bro. Like I know we were joking cause you were like, I gotta get a beat and stuff. And I don't, I try to keep the rap stuff. I don't know how much the beer community gives a flying fuck about the music, but to be fair, the some of the biggest supporters of my music are the people who are familiar with us from the podcast. Yeah, so hell yeah, dude, I, dude, I fuck like, with it. So, 
it's uh, great. So please send me stuff because I, I I keep the circle pretty small. So like, if there's someone I already know like that's doing some fire shit, like please send it to me. Um, all right, I will. I will try to make sure I clear all my samples before I send them to you. Ah, you know what? You know, I always my rule with samples: <laughs> you put it out, and if it gets big enough and you get sued, then you're in. Then you're in business. That's really what I'm doing. Then you're, doing, a, then you're, doing, then you're something doing something right. right. Yeah, haven't been sued yet, so I got some work to do. Let's get sued, Ken. Well, you got to get sued. For, yeah. You're not sued. You're not trying. Let the Yaramir. No, <laughs> exactly. The Yaramir. We could get sued for the beer. We could put it in the video. Boom, boom. Get sued for the sample. Let's go. Everyone's fun. Living, baby. <laughs> um, guys, honestly, this has been a pleasure, man. Um, it's great to, to hang out with you both. Um, the beers were fantastic. Um, Thank you. I really enjoyed the way you just the, your approach to it. You guys, this is super cool. And uh, this, was, this was a lot of fun, man. Um, so thank you both for your time and for, for hanging out with us. Where can everyone find Block 3 online? Um, just like Google Block 3 Brewing or it's like block3bottleshop.com is the, or block3brewing.com. Both work. They all send you to the same website. But uh, yeah, on there and at Block 3 on all the socials. Spelled out T-H-R-E-E, yeah. by the way. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Make sure. Beautiful. Uh, savages here. Come on. Come on, guys. Exactly. Yeah. Fuck. You're going to put a number. Jeez. Come on. Oh. Uh, Nathaniel, where can everyone find you online, sir? Uh, you can find me everywhere at Nathan Does Beer and here co hosting BAOS podcast. Damn right you are. You're basically doing all the puds moving forward. Like, so just official co host. Love it. I appreciate you. Sorry, man. Um, Guys, stick around. I'm going to wrap this up. Stick around afterwards and we'll, we'll finish up off air. But uh, Graham, Kev, guys, thank you so much again for, for hanging out. Thank you. Um, such a pleasure. Nate, thank you for co-hosting. This was great. Everybody, thank you for watching and listening. If you enjoyed the episode, smash the thumbs up. Hit subscribe below. Hit the notification bell, Nathaniel. Ding, motherfucker. <laughs> so you know when the new year drops. Follow us everywhere at BOS Podcast. And check out the long-form audio. We drop every Wednesday. We've been doing it at 7 a.m. now because that's what we used to do. And I forgot that we only did it at 8 p.m. because that's when we used to go live and I was trying to like mimic it and shit. But like people want the pods before they commute in the morning. So it makes more sense. So we're dropping Wednesday. We're trying to drop the mornings. You know the vibes. Um, Check us out everywhere. You find audio, Spotify, Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, whatever the fuck it is. All of that. Uh, We'll see you guys in the next episode. Catch ya. Cheers. (laughs) 